The following podcast contains Angry GM. Angry GM contains ire, hostility, braggadocio, and alcohol. Do not take Angry GM if you are going to drive or operate heavy machinery. Angry GM should not be taken with any SSRI inhibitors. Consult your physician before taking Angry GM. A small group of people may suffer side effects from Angry GM, including anger, hostility, moral indignation, argumentativeness, feelings of rage. Taking Angry GM may increase feelings of violence and anxiety, and an increased tendency to argue on online forums. If these symptoms arise, you should stop taking Angry GM. Enjoy the show. Cue the music. Let's light this candle. Listening to Happy Jack's RPG podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Thank you for joining us for season eight. 16, episode 8 of Happy Jack's RPG podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Stork. I'm Tim. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. <laughs> no, actually, I had that whole thing planned, which is why I've been playing the PS3, and now I feel really bad because you guys wrote a song for me and, like, <laughs> intro and the whole thing, and then I was just going to completely ignore it to do the whole, oh, hi, didn't see you there. <laughs> I so, didn't actually write that song. Yeah, yeah. to be fair, that's, that's his old theme song. I used yeah, to have a I'm show sorry. called The Angry Folk Music and Infantile Comedy Show, and that was the theme yeah. song. So that's how you know oh, Stuart. How, how interesting. When did you start that? Because uh, I might have to talk to the angry lawyers. Um, <laughs> it started about three years before this podcast started, so it would have been and nine 2000, years ago. 2006, 2007. Yeah, uh, I got to go back and check my records, but I think we may have a problem. All right, that's okay. <laughs> that just means you're soulmates. I think is really what it is. Oh wow, he's no, he's trademarked the word angry. Oh, yes, <laughs> great. Well, that's because GM was already taken. <clears throat> no, the reason I'm GM is because nobody took that one. <laughs> that's why I had to change from DM to GM. Yeah, there's more than one angry G- DM. No, DM no, is proprietary. Is oh. Oh, yeah. There is a mildly perturbed DM, though, I heard. Yeah. Somewhere. Irked. Irked DM. There's a slightly flustered Miffed. DM somewhere yes. in, like, Utah. Miffed. Miffed. So, we have the angry GM on again. Yay! And I put a trigger warning at the beginning, so... <laughs> for those of you who, who uh, were filled with angst the last time he was on, you now know that he's on. So, there you are. So, tell us what you have been doing. Before, last time you were on, you were getting ready to launch... The Angry GM Empire, and getting Uh, ready to do a Patreon and all kinds of stuff, and what has been going on with that? Wait, we didn't talk since I did the Patreon and stuff? I I do not believe you've been on since then. Wow. You were getting ready to do it. You You were like weeks away from launching it when you were last on. So that's interesting. So now I am, I'm coming to you remotely from Chicago, the, the windy apple, as I'm told they call it. Um... And, uh, yeah, so I did launch the Patreon, then I picked up all of my life and moved 800 miles, and now here I am, and now it's time for 
phase two, I guess. Does phase two include lots of snow? No, actually, <laughs> uh, kind of funny, um, like, before I moved to Chicago, everybody was kind of giving me shit about, everyone in New York was kind of giving me shit. They're like, oh, you want to move to Chicago because you're going to have to deal with the winters and, you know, the cold and the snow. And I'm like, <laughs> well, first of all, we're at the same friggin' latitude. The t- temperature is pretty much the same. You know, as far as the snow goes, you, you know, Chicago is much less a pussy about snow than New York is. It mm-hmm. doesn't shut everything down because they don't give a shit. They, mm-hmm. they really, that's the thing. Like, I've noticed the weather here is completely random and it changes in minutes. Like, one of my friends said, if you don't like the weather in Chicago, wait 10 minutes. <laughs> and that's entirely true. And so it just changes and nobody cares. You know, nobody even bothers with things like umbrellas or whatever. Everybody just dresses in layers and you know, you walk into a place and you just start stripping down to match the temperature of that place and that's it. So, meanwhile, I, I went home about two weeks ago to visit my family back in New York um, and missed negative 22 degree temperatures here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back two days before the gigantic blizzard hit the East Coast. So they have now gotten more more snow than we have here. <laughs> That's what they get from mocking you. Yeah, damn straight. Yep. We don't get snow. No, I had to put on a sweatshirt this evening, though. <laughs> Did you? It was like it almost degrees. hit eighty degrees today. I'm, I'm wearing a jacket, and I may <laughs> take cool. it off because I'm warm. <laughs> so, I, and I could not live there. I would die. Oh, I you like cold eat. weather? Yeah, I am a cold weather person. Oh. So more yeah, about oh, your I'm empire. Well, I'm well insulated. <laughs> there's not really, uh, you know, honestly, there's not much to talk about with the Empire. It's pretty much the same as it was, only now with the added thing that if I don't keep up my release schedule, I don't eat for the month. So, yeah. you know, because now everything is tied to the Patreon. But actually, um, having the Patreon has kept me much more religious about my update schedule than I otherwise would have been. Yeah, you've been coming and, out with things, like with content very regularly. Well, I'm now up to, uh, like, uh, I definitely have to do at least one update a week, one feature-length article. Beyond that, though, I'm up to about five days of content a week. Mm-hmm. Really? And that's, that's what I have on the schedule, yeah. That's so impressive. Monday, I do the angry rant on Mad Adventure Society, which is just this short little thing where I get pissed off and complain about something in gaming that mm-hmm. I can just kind of fart out with no effort. That's why it belongs to Mad Adventurers, <laughs> and it's not mine. Um... Tuesday, um, I started, um, like, I get emails from people. Uh, Sorry. The asking. I don't know what the hell that was. <coughs> it, I, it's my shitty equipment. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> this is like a high-quality production. Here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's only like a high-quality production. It's not actually <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Tuesdays I do the Ask Angry thing where people email me emails, which is what what else would you email, I guess. That was kind of redundant. So I get the emails and I and I write 2000 words answering questions with and they usually don't warrant 2000 words, but what the hell? I got to fill some pages. <laughs> so Wednesday's a feature-length article. Thursday I've got I've started doing this gigantic mega dungeon project where I'm building the best Mega Dungeon D&D adventure that has ever existed based on all of the sort of scenario and level design philosophies that video games have perfected that role-playing gamers just ignore because, you know, we're too good for video games. <laughs> um, and so I've been blogging basically the entire development of how to build this gigantic adventure. And I'm eventually going to publish it and sell it, especially now that Wizards of the Coast says I kind of can. 
And Friday, we do the GM Word of the Week podcast. And again, that's a project that I partner with uh, Fiddleback of the Mad Adventurer Society. So that's that's my week now. That sounds like a full-time job. Yeah. You know what? I'll I'll go ahead and pretend that yeah that that all takes me about forty hours a week. It's a full time job. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly not phoning anything in here. You know, I, I'm working my ass off. I you know. <laughs> I've been reading some of your content, and I find it hard to believe that that takes uh, ten fifteen minutes of your time. All there, you have some of the most lucid, well thought out arguments and discussions that you've come up with on gaming. I can't believe that you just fart that out. Well, see, the thing, what you have to understand is I'm actually really, really smart. <laughs> so so that just sort of comes naturally to me to say smart things and be critical no, and analytical. a lot of smart people are not lucid and do not, are not able to communicate those ideas well. Smart well, dance. no, the, the thing is, though, that, that maybe those people aren't as smart as they claim they are. You know, or maybe they're not as smart as me. Well, also writing things and blogging and all that and creating content is like a muscle. Like the more you use it, the better you get at it. Yeah. So as you know, someone ju- who's just starting down that path will probably take a lot longer to do something than someone who's creating content five days a week, which is super impressive. You know what? No, that that's absolutely true. The more you write, the better you get at writing. It's like any other skill. And actually, uh, it's not even writing. It's communication. Yeah. You know, the ability to communicate is a skill that needs to be learned, and you can get good at it if you dedicate yourself to um, to getting good at it. And I'm already uh, on the second uh, cocktail here. <laughs> well, I Thank haven't you. even finished my first beer. Right? Wow. Well, I'm he's, sick, though. He's I'm three I'm, hours ahead. Have you I'm, I'm drinking on one liver. Uh, drinking on one liver. <laughs> so where, if people wanted to support your Patreon, where would they find it? Uh, they could just go to my website, and uh, they'll find links there because I don't, like, uh, my website will advertise my Patreon. If if people want to check out my content, come to my website at theangrygm.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like it, you will find a way to support me. And if you don't like it and don't think it's worth supporting, then the web the address of my Patreon doesn't matter. Okay, awesome. That's totally so. fair. Yep. Now there was uh, one person on the forum wanted me to ask you. Uh, he really likes the uh, GM word of the week thing. I love that too. And he he wanted to to know what if he could talk about the process for that. Uh, sure. Uh, okay. Uh, first of all, if, if there's any, yeah. Oh, Thomas is too in the chat is saying diet cranberry vodka cranberry. Yeah, I got it. I'm a diabetic. Oh, you're diabetic too. Sugar, awesome. High yeah, five. Sugared stuff will kill me. Granted, the amount of vodka I'm drinking could also kill me. <laughs> that's worth it. Whereas cranberry cranberry juice is good, but not worth dying for. Okay, hold so. on a second. How do they make diet cranberry juice? Because it's just juice, right? How do they, they get the sugar no. out of it somehow? They put water right. in it. Cranberry juice is actually made out of juice. Come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have light juices now that they just mix a higher higher volume of water in. You Half really the want to calories? Get you're like. Yeah. Sugar alcohol thing. <laughs> oh, it's got sugar alcohols in it. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, oh. sure. No glycemic load, but oh wait, no, right. actually, this is this is low calorie. Okay, so basically, this is just a lot of water and a little bit of cranberry juice. Okay, All right. and some red, yeah. and some yeah. red, and some red, and probably red forty. Also, yeah. blue one, blue one, <laughs> really? One. Like of all the blues, you're going to go with one. Well, the oldies are the goodies. I've always been a Do fan they- of blue three. Right? Do, like, do they even care about the appearance? Because blue one starts to look very muddy under like fluorescent lighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
So you were going to talk about your process. A process, sorry. <laughs> process for the... Actually, this right here is kind of my process. I'm very prone to... Uh, getting prone hammered to getting and then just ranting? Okay. Uh, well, I think, uh, no, okay. I think we have a whole show based on that. <laughs> so, um, okay. So first of all, if anybody's listening who doesn't know, the GM Word of the Week is a podcast that um, I write and uh, Brian Casey, your fiddleback of Mad Adventurous Society, reads, produces, records, edits, cleans up, removes all the profanity from, and makes presentable. So, so they really um, are, they're only about ten seconds long. Well, I no, they they actually work out to be fifteen minutes, but they start as like seventeen pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, the idea was I thought it would be a really neat idea if um if GMs had a sort of yeah you, know, you have the word of the day calendar where you pull off the day and the the word of the day is lugubrious and then you um you know and then it tells you what the word means and then it tells you some you know like the derivation and the history of the word. And I thought it would be really interesting if GMs had something like that that told them, you know, a- any sort of word that you like. This week we did ziggurat, you know, like the old step pyramid, ziggurat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done things like crepuscular and malabranche and, and all sorts of words that might come up in your game or might never come up in your game. Or maybe and, should. Or maybe should. maybe should. And we talk about what the word means and where it came from. And then we just start this sort of journey of the word. And I think, like, one of my favorites was crepuscular, because that's... Crepuscular is a term for a creature that is most active in twilight, either in dawn or dusk. You know, it's not nocturnal, but it's not diurnal. Um, And I started talking about that because I was pointing out how most monsters in the Monster Manual aren't really nocturnal, even though they claim they are, you know. And then we started talking about cats and a a little bit of religious imagery, and we eventually got to the mythical origin of the islands of New Zealand, and eventually how New Zealand has been destroyed by cats as an invasive species. Ah! Yeah, so... It all came around. Yeah, it does, and that's what we try to do with every episode, is we try, you know, we try to have... Destroy it with cats. Yeah, no, (laughs) I mean, that's it. But, um, you know, we try to have a journey that starts and ends with the word, and we also start with a little bit of flavor text that you might hear at a game, and we end with, you know, here's some ideas that you might use in your game based on this. And it, it actually started as a blog that I was writing that absolutely no one read and no one cared about, and so I kind of axed it. And then Fiddleback uh, discovered them and said, hey, I think this would be a really neat thing as a podcast. And I said, okay, fine, whatever. And he said, can I take your old episodes and record them? And I said, yeah, fine, but I'm not interested in doing anything more because no one was reading them and I don't think anybody's going to listen to them. And quite frankly, I don't need any more work right now. So he recorded the first one or the first couple and he sent them to me and he said, hey, just give this a listen. I listened to the production that he did with them and said, all right, I'm writing more. Because he just does an amazing job uh, both reading and presenting and building the soundscape. So it becomes sort of like, it's almost like an NPR show. Um, it's sort of like This American, sort of a rambling This American Life meets James Burke's Connections. Nice. Yeah, which, which is sort of what we were going for. Um, and I guess Off the Hill people has asked of my, uh, about my process because I do the writing and I do all of the research and the fact-checking. And wait, so wait, generally, you check facts? Should we, do, uh, should we start that, Stu? 
I do. Don't, All right. Don't bother yourself with that. Okay. I got that. All right. You don't edit based on the fact checking. But oh, fuck like, no. No way. Like, this is wrong, but it would take a lot to backspace it. So, you know. No, so generally, because I tend to read a lot and uh, absorb a lot of knowledge, just kind of like a sponge, and my interests are all over the place, I. Generally, when I start an episode with a word, uh, at the very least, because I'm not going to start with a word I don't know, <laughs> so I kind of know a little bit about the word already, and, you know, being a GM for 28 years leaves you with a lot of really interesting stuff in your search bar, so you tend to learn all sorts of re- weird, random things just being a GM, like, what are the most lethal toxins on Earth, <laughs> you know, because right. sometimes you got to know that shit. You know, and and it's the botulinum toxin, which is produced by you know the botulism parasite. Uh, so anyway, uh, but that See, aside, I thought you were going to go with the uh, blue ring octopus. I, I've always nope. figured that if if they ever start doing internet searches, if Homeland Security ever starts doing internet, oh, yeah. internet search mining, they're going to scoop up every GM oh, yeah, across ever, the country ever. and assume we're all terrorists. I yeah. just did a whole terrorist thing, like with the with Grendel invades Boston. Oh, I, had, I was downloading pictures of dead bodies and yeah. explosions and things, and I'm like, I know I ended up on a watch list or two. Well, that was uh, Steve Jackson Games. You, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They got, they got raided. So Steve Jackson Games for GURPS, they were writing like a, a cyberpunk yeah. hacking mm-hmm. source book for the GURPS system. And I think it was it was the NSA that got wind of it and alerted the FBI because, you know, the FBI has you I, know domestic jurisdiction. I think it was the Secret Service that actually yeah, went in. because I don't think the NSA existed back then. This was they way did. back in the early... Did they? The NSA? In the 70s? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, the we, just, we just didn't know about it. Oh, yeah. We just didn't know about it. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah they were. Stu's going to fact check this. With Robert Redford, the NSA has been around for a long time. They're just chartered, not chartered for domestic... Um, yeah. Domestic surveillance. Not that, that would stop anyone. Anyway, but yeah, it, 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 <laughs> so, it was it was the Secret Service. Oh, really? Yeah, I think yeah. it was Secret Service. Yeah. Well, either way, the whole thing—you know—they seized all the copies of the book because they were writing a handbook for hackers, which you know it's not what they were doing. But anyway, so I start with something I generally know a few things about, and then I I start at Wikipedia, uh, and just I type the word into Wikipedia, and then I just start doing the Wikipedia game of clicking links. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, how you you start like I'm going to look up the Verrazano Narrows Bridge, and then 17 minutes later, you're on you know hentai of the 1970s, yeah. and you're not sure how. <laughs> you, you fall down the you rabbit know? hole of Wikipedia. But my rule is also that I don't stop at Wikipedia. Wikipedia is just for me to find interesting connections, and then from there I have to go to the references. And I want I, I actually want to know this shit. I don't want to find out filtered through some random editor what this information is and th- and then you know i generally confirm references if i can only find one pe- one thing that says something i don't take it as gospel until i can find some other references or at least i say well you know it's been argued or you know mm-hmm. this might not be true and then from there i come up with piles and piles and piles of different little things and then um look for things that would kind of fit together into an interesting story or have similar themes and then try to tie those together See, and that one thing right there would take me all week. And you have that plus three other things you're doing that are equally research intensive. I'll tell you honestly, I mean, you've read some of my stuff, so you know that I I generally write between 5,000 and 10,000 words about, like, adventure structure and stuff. The stupid GM word of the week, which takes 15 minutes to read, and it's only like 2,000 words, it's the longest thing I write now. Yeah, I believe it. I can't even get five words a week on my blog. (laughs) 
Well, that's because you don't well, write anything. You know, the, the pokey finger typing. It's, the trick is to use the home keys. Yeah. That's right. You don't, do you know how to type it? Yeah, I'm a programmer. Yes, I know how to type That doesn't mean you know how to Tim's type it. married to an infomaniac, so don't feel too sorry for him. <laughs> he, he has no spare time. No, I, I know. I, I type very well. Okay. Right. You need but to yeah, think faster. I mean, and then a lot of the process is just sort of random. And, you know, just in general, also, I'm going to admit that a lot of the process for everything I write, including the GM word of the week, happens in my head while I'm riding my bike or naked in the shower or pooping or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> again, again with the imagery. What? You don't... I didn't say pooping in the shower. No, no, no. no. Okay. And I, I, Listen, I've admitted myself. Oh, go ahead. Everybody poops. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Wasn't that an REM song? What? Everybody poops. And if I'm like, if I'm in a con game and the players do something and I'm suddenly left completely flat-footed, I will excuse myself to go take a piss, not to poop, but I'll go take a piss. And while I'm sitting in there, I'll think. What sometimes I, I won't even actually pee. Thank oh, God that's where you're going. Because I my, thought you were going to say, "I'm," I just uh, there and everything. I don't know what I'm doing, so I poop myself right there. <laughs> My, my understanding, though, Stu, is is oh, that God, you... guys, I'd love to respond to that, but I have to clean up. Game is <laughs> over. My, my understanding is that there were some giant robot spiders that were poop-inspired. They were, yeah. I, well, I do pull stuff out of my ass when I go to the bathroom to take <laughs> like, a piss. Quite literally. Like giant robot spiders. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and happen. I got yelled at for my imagery. All I said was poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a visual guy. It was more than that. It was naked in the shower, too. <laughs> Uh, and, and I, I gotta say, how good I legs freaking are. gorgeous. Okay. For, for those for those not here, it, it, I, we are admiring your meggings again. Are they the Jupiter oh, ones? Yeah, 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 Jupiter yeah. I made a mistake. I wore the same ones I wore last time. It's so embarrassing. I really should have gone and changed. <laughs> it would be worse <laughs> if like I was wearing the same pants or something. That right. would be worse. That'd that be super be. awkward. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like when. Like if you went to a dance and there was another girl that had the same dress. Oh, you I was just on. thinking because you probably aren't wearing a dance belt, and that would just be weird. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> as all long right. as angry isn't wearing your pants, it'll be all right. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. All right, uh, let's go into the first email. Do you want to read the first email for us? Or me? Yeah. GM notes and lessons learned from James. I'm, I'm I've been talking a lot already. You can like okay. I'll, I'll read it. He's yeah, busy. He's it. busy writing. Like you've been on plenty of times. You're not a guest anymore. Yeah. All right. Oh, that, that's true. I'm like an auxiliary host now. I'm part of the B team. <laughs> uh, excuse me? Yankee GM is the B team for no one. Uh. <laughs> hey, Happy Jacks or Los Jacarinos Feliz. Uh, isn't that lucky? If you're not into the whole brevity thing. Like, that's is just your opinion, man. If you're not into the whole Maybe, I don't know. brevity what's, thing. What's... Wait, no, you swear, suerte, suerte is lucky, oh. right? Sure. Your notes don't match up with mine. Did you edit this, or did you skip an, an email? Did you send him the wrong day? I don't think so. Are you just probably reading from last week or two weeks oh, ago? Oh, wait, no, you're skipping on? disruptive players, experienced players, or novice GM. Oh, you know what? You I added that email. Let me let me, let me me grab it real quick. None of us have that. So, again, I'm more current. Than, so, I'm better at being on your podcast than four of you are. Well, because you're, you're so saying. good at researching. You actually went and researched the current notes as opposed to the ones that... And you have a theme song and your right. own disclaimer. And, and by the way, I also have, you know, I checked your citations and there's you, you need a lot more here. Citations, what do you mean? 
Yeah, citations need. Oh, it was a Wikipedia joke. Never oh. mind. <laughs> just, just move on. <laughs> uh, so not the droids you're looking for. Well, we could start with Zach. No, I'm going to open. It, it's, right. it's right here. Here it is. Oh, look at that! Disruptive players, experienced players, a nov or a novice GM from Allervan. Yeah, there's there's a whole other page here that you just kind of ignored. Right. See what happened is when I was sick because we're this is like a a week late. Um, I got another email and I'm like, oh, I, I like this one. I'm going to add this in. So I'll read that one. I need an oh, outside. Hold on a second. Yeah. Uh, Real Mr. Man of War is saying, Cripes, Meggings, angry just angry looks like a sideshow wrestler sipping a drink waiting for his match at the country fair. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you do. And it is kind of cool. Oh, if yeah. you, can... <laughs> you just can't you just can't step to this man. <laughs> oh damn. Oh damn. <laughs> Is, am I allowed to block now since I'm like auxiliary host? Um, can you? I don't know. Can you no, because you need all can the you need all the followers someone? you can get. If you start blocking now, you're going to end up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll find okay. out. I'll find out his IP IP address. Uh, you have a time. Patreon to support. You can't start. You can't afford to block people. Right? Are you kidding? <laughs> Do you know how many people I have blocked? <laughs> About half as many as have me blocked. <laughs> I don't think anyone's blocked me. I don't, all I do is sing. we've got a show coming up. Anyway, um, <laughs> I need an outside opinion as to whether I made a mistake or if I just have some players who like to give GMs a hard time. I had taken up, my voice is remarkably low. It is. It sounds awesome. That's because I'm sick. Yeah, yeah. Still. You've got you those fine dulcet tones. You rang. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a very got the deep Barry voice White right thing going here. I think yeah. I better keep mm, the legs yeah. crossed for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Stu is the walrus of love. <laughs> the walrus of love. Oh, do you, have you seen Tusk yet? <laughs> no. Oh, you need to see Tusk. Tusks? Tusk? I don't remember what it's called. The one where the guy turns him into a walrus. I know. You talk about it. Kevin. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Give Man, GM's... What? Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was actually going to make a metamorphosis Kafka reference, but I think that might be too highbrow for this group anyway. So, I have a terrible Kafka right now. <laughs> I'm, in fact, I have to keep taking Yeah, you got to take uh, throat lozenges for that. Uh, Case I, in point. <laughs> I had taken up uh, running a superhero campaign uh, in my gaming group for when our main GM can't run. This is my second attempt at running a campaign with this group. Even though we have been together for many years, sometimes I still have problems telling when some of them are pulling my leg and when they're being serious. The campaign began smoothly, with the team being formed by an experienced superhero administrator. Uh, she would maintain the base, be a liaison to the authorities, and do the other important yet boring duties that superheroes can't be bothered to do. In a recent session... They asked her to set up a place where they can practice using their powers. So I gave, so I had her get permission to, to use a construction site for a while. As a surprise, the guard was told not to let them in as sneaking in was supposed to be part of their training. However, instead of finding another way in, which they could have easily done with their abilities, the team leader, let's call him M, had everyone give up and leave. He and another player, let's call him B, started taking, talking about the administrator. They pointed out that they didn't hire her and didn't know her. M states that since uh, that 
he since was elected team leader and the administrator shouldn't have the authority over him, and how dare she make things harder. After the game, we had sent emails out discussing the possibility of moving the game time. I made an offhand comment that proposed the time would leave me with less t- for me to prepare as GM on the right on the night of the game that ended, but, quote, how much prep can you do with M and B playing? Later, B replied, what does that mean? Are you saying M and I are disruptive players or just so experienced that we've come to expect a lot of depth from our games? Truth be told, there are times I feel <laughs> it's a little of the latter and far more of the former. That's kind of like one of those, like... When a woman is like, does this make me look fat? <laughs> and you're just like, no matter what you say, you're screwed. Are you saying that that, you guys, did, did you guys plan that shit? Are you don't saying that that plan it. No, we don't plan it. Oh my it. god. Can we get this on tape? Is you're going to get your woman card revoked. <laughs> revoked by, by giving up secrets, yeah. No, just, <laughs> Insider trading. Yeah, there's, there's no good answer to that question. Go ahead, continue. Truth, truth be told... There are times I feel like it's a, li- a little of the latter and far more of the former. They wanted a training session, yet refused it when offered. Do you think they were giving me a hard time, or did I err as a GM in some way? How do you deal with players like that to me- to mess with a GM and challenge him or her? Does that make for a better GM? How does the game acquire depth? It sounds like one of those overused words... That have no clear definitions. Have a drink, Allervant. And there's no PS. So, so he. Let, let, let's, let's take his initial thing. Yeah, summarize for us. Yes, please. You've got. You started a game, mm-hmm. superheroes. You've made an administrator who's an NPC that's going to handle all of the stuff that the player characters wouldn't want to have to deal with. And then made it a danger room of some kind. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get in. And you say, oh, the administrator says that part of your test is to get inside of it. And they have a huff and turn around and leave. They didn't say that, though. That's something that I think is really important. Is There was a guard there, but it was never... It, but it wasn't like the guard was like, this is your first uh, test. The to guard get into told... This, w- no, told them they oh. weren't allowed in. And they were like, oh, okay. No, but they know, because one of them makes the comment at, at a later point that... That, that that you know, I was elected leader, and the administrator shouldn't have authority over that sort of thing. So right, but it does. It doesn't necessarily sound like the players knew that that was their first test. It sounds like they went to this construction yard expecting something to happen, and then the security guard told them to go away, and they're like, "Oh, okay." No, no, it, it was. It, it, they were they were being snooty, and well, yeah, but it also. I mean, yeah. So, but they walked away when the security guard was told right. them no because he was supposed to tell them no. Because basically, it was a how how dare she do this? Yeah, I think it it it's always my opinion whenever something goes wrong with the game, the first person you should look at if you're the GM is yourself. Yes. What was that scene supposed to do? Mm-hmm. What what is it we were trying to do? And just because the players don't bite it or take, bite that hook, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give them something else. Have a bad guy, you know, take a building hostage or something. Yeah. I mean, so generally, I would say it, that's not that big of a deal. I don't think there's any fault necessarily there. I mean, players not taking a, a plot hook is par for the course. Yes. No. And No one did anything wrong. Yeah. Players didn't do anything wrong. I don't think GM did anything wrong. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the players, at least to me, I mean, 
obviously body language and stuff at the table can sometimes tell a different story. Yeah. Like, it sounds like they they just took a different course. And it sounds like they were disappointed, too. It sounds like they wanted something to happen when they got there. And it was sort of just a missed opportunity on both ends. Like, the, you know, they they were like, okay, we're good guys. We're not going to break into a place when someone tells us no. You know, or whatever. Mm, I don't think it was that. Yeah, but well, whatever their interpretation of it was, them just going down a different path with the story doesn't necessarily make them bad players, and it doesn't necessarily make you a bad GM. It's just a, a thing that sometimes happens. I, I think it's a miscommunication on both sides. We're only getting one side of the story. We're only yes. getting the GM yes. side of the story. And so he's he's feeling hurt because his players didn't necessarily bite. And they may have had attitude. Now, however, they might have been sort of playing their characters. I don't know. Maybe they're like, well, it's a, a mystery man. What's the name of the Mr. Fantastic? Mr. The guy with all Kidding of the... Captain... Yeah. So maybe... Oh, hold on a second. Which guy are you referring to in Mystery Man? Greg uh, Kinnear. Greg Kinnear's character with all of the uh, advertising all over him. Oh, Cap- Ca- Captain Amazing. Captain, Captain Amazing. Amazing, right. So maybe maybe the character's a bit like you Captain Amazing. you memorize every movie you ever watch? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> We're drunk half the time when we do this, so no. <laughs> uh, so maybe, you know, maybe they're a bit like Captain Amazing and they have full of hubris. Let us in, plebeian. No. Oh, uh, well, I'm not going to kill you, so bye. Or maybe they're trying to prove a point, which is... Listen, you know, I'm running the show, not the administrator, and maybe they wanted to have a whole That's a good point. A whole little showdown between Maybe this is this is that it that's an opportunity a role playing opportunity for the GM uh-huh. to say, Oh, well who's there's gonna be a power struggle here between the administrator and the and the team leader. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, either See, way, I'm only gonna... getting the one side of the story. I, I think you're right. I think it's a missed opportunity on the GM's part. I'm sorry, Angry, go ahead. No, I'm actually going to say I had a very similar situation happen in one of my games um, very recently um, because one of the things, particularly um, with it, I I don't know, uh, I got really bored as you were reading this and sort of got distracted. So I don't know, is this a new group or new new GM uh, second attempt? Okay. Yeah, see, so here's... The, the situation that came up in my game was that I had a guy who was playing a warlock, and he wanted to, you know, I, I created a devilish Patreon, and I thought we were going to do the whole Faustian bargain thing, where I'm giving him information as this, as this demon or devil, and the devil was trying to corrupt him and trying to turn him evil. And he was taking what the NPC said as instruction from me as to how he should play his character instead of as something he should be in conflict with. Mm-hmm. So he all of a sudden went full of, like, you know, it's like a Faustian bargain where it was like, okay, I need you to murder your family and, and put their heads in this double oak done. Uh, oh, oh, you, 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 you just did it. Oh, oh, okay. Um, okay. No, I, I didn't actually expect you to fall that fast and hard, but Okay. Thank you. That's where we're at. So, but but the problem was that, you know, when you have an NPC in the game that is an authority figure, you're always going to have this issue, particularly when players don't know the dynamic between you and the players, that they are going to view that NPC authority as speaking for the GM, as instructing them as to how the game should be played. So when you have this NPC administrator who is like the leader of, I, I don't know, what what the hell was going on? It's a super group. Yeah, it's like the yeah, Agent sure, Coulson. Fine. Okay. Yeah, like, okay, so you have the Agent Coulson, and the Agent Coulson is sort of a mouthpiece for the NPC saying, this is how the, the game should be 
played and run. So now when they get to a situation where Agent Colson, uh, I assume but that's like a DC reference. Was he was he the guy who made Batman? Oh, Batman. Dude. Yeah. Don't yeah, you memorize really? exactly. every movie you've seen? Dude. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I don't watch crap, so I don't watch superheroes. <laughs> oh. That, that oh. would have been, been Marvel, by the way, and not DC. Oh. So well, actually, on. all the all the I'm, comic book nerds sorry, here are having fits. Same thing. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. No. One of them can produce quality movies, and one of them can only produce Batman. Right. <laughs> no, you're so right. Anyway. No, I know. I know I am. <clears throat> Okay, Darth so Vader. so the thing is, so Agent Coulson is now saying, no, uh, Agent Coulson said you're not allowed to come in here after all. And then the leader's like, oh, well, Agent Coulson is like the the exposition fairy, speaks for the, NP, or speaks for the DM. We should probably back off. And there was obviously something we're missing here. What are we supposed to do? Now those players are in this state of confusion where it's like, well, the, the DM is telling us to do one thing, and then the DM is telling us to do something else because they don't realize that you will have NPCs that are working at cross purposes to the way you want the game to be run. Yeah, no, I you agree. Know? If if a GM is going to put a character like that in a game, they have to be very careful not to be instigating things. They need right, to be right. like, "All right, heroes, here's some information on this place. I'm happy to give you more if- information if you need it, but you need to make your decision." Like, kind of that. Like Wikipedia, kind of, or Jarvis, where you can like ask them for information, but they don't make decisions sometimes. Right. Or, or even, I mean, this situation is what it is. You can't go back and change the past. I know because every time you try to change the past, you run this risk of wiping out the entire future. And yeah, that's bad. And that's why I don't use the time machine anymore mm-hmm. because that whole George W. Bush pregnant pre, uh, presidency. Sorry about that. I, I um, really thought you said George W. Bush pregnancy, and I'm like, I missed that part, but maybe you went back and fixed that. I, so you could just I've kill him off. What like are we on, like, four cocktails already? <laughs> you do put the cock in cocktails, I gotta say. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's because of the meggings. But, <laughs> but, so, like, if at that point, Agent Coulson had said, oh, okay, you dumbasses misunderstood. I told the security guard to do that as kind of a test. I'm going to kind of fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Then the players would know for the next situation where Agent Coulson throws them for a loop. That's like, oh, Agent Coulson is going to screw with us and we're going to have to do our own thing. And then it's very important that the GM from that point on have Agent Coulson purposely screw with them and always make sure their decisions are right so that it reinforces the idea that they should be second guessing agent colson yeah absolutely you know because now if you if you do that scene where it's like agent colson says oh no you were supposed to break in i did that on purpose as a test and then you know they so the next time they like second guess agent colson and then agent colson comes back no no this time you were actually supposed to listen to me what's wrong with you people then your players are just, they're not going to know what to do. They're yep. just going to run around and so I think that's interesting, though, because then they have to decide for themselves. Yep. And, well, and, and in that situ- right, situation, right. No. you'd make it so there wasn't necessarily a right answer. Like, maybe, you know, I mean, it, it, there's that interesting conflict. Like, okay, is he right? Or it's like working off of intel. It's like, is the intel reliable? Right. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what do we do? And but, working for a guy you hate, I mean, that's always, <laughs> I mean, none of us know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think another <laughs> thing, though, okay, because this goes to the question at the end of how does the game acquire depth? which I think is a much deeper question than all of the bullshit that came before it, which is why I was ignoring all the previous numerous paragraphs. Um, 
but because like you can't have the group having a conflict over agent Coulson's decisions until you have taught them that both sometimes he is going to be right and sometimes he is going to be wrong and they are ne- they are not automatically wrong for listening to him and they are not automatically wrong for second guessing them absolutely if you want that level of depth in your game where it's like are we going to eventually get to this conflict with Colson about what the right thing to do is? The first thing you have to do is train the players to listen to him. Mm-hmm. The second thing you have to do is train the players that it's okay sometimes not to listen to him and have the game very explicitly say it's okay not to listen to him. And then, only then, can you throw the situation where it's kind of fuzzy, should we or shouldn't we listen to him? So you do really need to start with situations that there are right answers and tell the players very clearly what the right answers are so that you train them to start wondering about who's giving the right answer. And, and I don't think it's too sense. late for this guy. I think he's, he's, no. he's, on, he's, on yeah. a, he's on a path now that he can actually fix this and set all that up. Right. Well, and, and I think if, if he does this very specifically with the whole agent, Colson says, no, no, I meant for this to be a test. You guys are supposed to break in. And then builds on that a little bit. And then has a situation where the right answer is clearly <laughs> agent Colson telling them to do the wrong thing. And then they do the right thing and it doesn't work out. Or they do what agent Colson says and it doesn't work out. And as long as he reinforces that in these situations... Like, you train the players, a couple of situations where Agent Coulson is always right. One, two, three, session, three or four adventures where Agent Coulson is always right. Then you start throwing the situations where Agent Coulson is always wrong. And they are rewarded for breaking away from what he says. And it's only then, after those multiple sessions of he's always right, and then he's always wrong, and it always works out in your favor to ignore him... Only then can you start throwing the mystery situations of is he right or wrong, or he's right, you know, he's right from one point of view or not right from another. It's morally ambiguous. But you've got to train them to think both ways, and you've got to positively reinforce the way they're thinking both ways. Yeah, I so, think I think depth is also. I mean, like you were saying, it takes time, mm-hmm. um, and you can build depth, uh, obviously through. Uh, shared campaign experiences that's the best way and that's the richest kind of depth you can add mm-hmm. there is some depth that you can get I think through like player backstories and stuff like that as long as the players like buy into that like it doesn't work as well if there's like one guy who writes three pages of backstory for his characters and nobody else reads it and nobody else cares so right. if you have players who really like buy in to, to all the back connections and if you're playing a system that has a lot of that like traveler has a ton of cool rich rich depth that's just built in just a character creation and then those shared experiences too but okay so let's not get away from this question though because here because we're now all using the word depth and he's saying is it one of those overused words that have no clear definition so um what does depth mean yeah that's kind of yeah what i was looking for there because i think I think depth has a lot of different. Questions. I think I, I I would I would I think See, if I had that to, makes the word useless. <laughs> if I had to use a different a different word for it, I would say complexity. Uh huh. And a lot of people yeah. would, and I'm going to go ahead and disagree and say depth and complexity are completely different things. How I so? am too. I was going <laughs> to stick with the water metaphor and say depth is immersive. Oh, see, I okay, like, and 
And that's see to me, that's fuzzy bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That's vague, fuzzy feeling bullshit. I think that's just drinking. (laughs) Me drinking. Come on, I came up with I came up with immersive in depth in the in the deep end in the water metaphor. Come on, that that is a really beautiful metaphor. It is. Does that help? A beautiful metaphor on crap. Yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) So what is your what is what is your how how are you defining depth? Depth is very simply, and, and obviously depth is one of those words like temperature, because it, it, it covers a range of things. Some things can be deep, some things can be more deep, whatever. But depth is a measure of how many outcomes can be reached from a single decision. What? I'm pretty sure there's okay. other words for that. How there's is that different like than complex? Because... <laughs> <laughs> What? Because complexity is, implies that the decisions themselves have to have all of these different pieces to them. See that? Okay. What? No. That, that to me sounds like fuzzy okay. bullshit. No, no, no. no, no. I, See, I, I will. It's the mathematicians don't call them the deep hold problems; on. they call them complex problems. Whoa, 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 hold on! I don't give a shit what mathematicians say. <laughs> okay. No. Um. Look, okay, because it's this is actually a really super important concept that hits video game design. Mm-hmm. The the concept of approachable depth. Okay? Where uh like take a game like Portal, cuz I'm always going to go back to video games as my examples because they're easier than role-playing games. Okay? When you get down to it, Portal had a very simple pile of mechanics. You could create portals. The two portals were connected. Orange you could and move blue. cubes around. Um, portals maintained your momentum when you moved through them. There were only three or four rules that you needed to know to get through the entire first game of Portal. Right? Mm-hmm. All Everything that came out of that game, because it actually left, you know, the, there were three hours of gameplay that came out of three very simple rules. Okay? The game was deep. Because the depth emerged from the way those three simple rules kept being applied in different combinations and in different situations. Complexity is sort of like the opposite of approachability, where there's a lot going on and you have to learn, you have to understand a lot of different things to make a decision. You can make something that is approachable that is also deep. And in fact, I, I would argue that that is what most game masters should strive for approachability and depth not complexity does that make any yeah sense? I, I understand the distinction yeah, see, you're I, making. Would, yeah. I would very much not and I, I, I love that you use portal because i literally just played through it again like I, I don't last know week about. oh it's so much fun <laughs> um it's it's uh, basically a, a puzzle game but it's very cool mm-hmm. um I, I wouldn't call that deep at all like that's like the antithesis of deep to me because it is like those very surface ba- basic things to me the depth would be like the backstory about well, okay. this this person who's you know mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. test subject who who are these people why are they testing mm-hmm. why do they want cake i don't understand you right know? see but but we're talking about like anything can be deep you're talking about the depth in the backstory I'm talking about the depth of the gameplay. Depth is, you know, depth in that case, in the, in the case of the backstory, the depth is referring to the fact that there are a lot of different ways that could have led to the story of you waking up in this lab and basically being a test subject of Gladys. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so again, it's sort of the backwards definition of what I'm using as depth, and it's no different. And again, you're talking about, like, what the game presents you in terms of story is extremely simple. You wake up in a lab, you have a mad AI, the mad AI is running you through tests, and you eventually, you break out of the last test, because the, the AI has been training you to overcome those tests from the very beginning because the game has been training to you and the the AI is the manifestation of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then you break out and then you go through this very complex final sequence where you used everything you've learned in a number of different ways to get to the AI and ultimately kill her. And the reason that you're looking at the depth of the story is because the story, there are a lot of different explanations for the story that again is built on some very simple premises you're a test subject you woke up in a lab you're going through a training sequence and then you kill the ai that is imprisoning you that's a very simple that's a very simple plot plot being the sequence of events that happen in the story but then when you start looking at the backstory the question is well okay what like like one of the arguments you could make is gladys basically trained you to do everything you needed to do to beat her Mm-hmm. Right up, right up to and including like if that level with the companion cube where you had to incinerate the companion cube hadn't happened, you wouldn't know how to destroy the various cores that you broke off of Gladys. Right. If Gladys hadn't trained you to do the momentum thing, you wouldn't know how to leap up and break pieces off her. If she hadn't trained you to redirect rockets, you wouldn't know how to blast her. Mm-hmm. So all of the sudden, from this very simple plot sequence of the AI puts you through a training course and then you used what you. N- you needed to learn to break out of the training course and kill her. Now you have this complex or this deep story of, did the AI want me to do this? Was this ultimately her plan? Was, was, was she the ultimate test for this weapon? Ultimately was, was she the final quality assurance that was going to get this, this portal gun out into the world? If I could break out with the portal gun, that would prove that the portal gun and me were both successful subjects and we could go fight whatever had happened on the surface. Because remember, in the song in the end of the first portal, it is heavily implied that the Combine from Half-Life have taken over the world in the... F- you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, so is she a training course for someone who can, you know, a new Gordon Freeman, mm-hmm. you know, or was the, the take your daughter to work thing important? Was, yeah. was that a thing? Was, you know, am I just a test subject? Did she not mean for me to kill her? Did she mean for me to just break off the morality core so that she could murder me with the toxin and then act of her own free will? You know, but all of that comes from a very simple plot, a very simple sequence of events that happen in the game. So once again, we're talking about a story that is approachable, that becomes remarkably deep, but it's not particularly complex. I feel it, from that description that we are agreeing, we, we're thinking of the same thing and just freezing it in different ways. Right. Because that to me is absolutely word. like exactly what, what I'm thinking of right. as depth. Over time, you're building up more questions. Mm-hmm. You're building up this backstory as you go through that. Fr- you know, starting from a very simple concept, and then right. suddenly you're you know, left <coughs> with all these questions and like theories and things like that. So I feel, I feel like we're agreeing. All my saying, debate classes said that it's it's a poor debate that d- descends into defining semantics. <laughs> well, yeah, but see, we uh, are terrible know, debaters. Uh, 
But see, here's the thing, is you can argue that it's just semantics, because if you look at Portal from a story standpoint, yes, that's a very semantic argument. Is it simple? Is it complex? Is it deep? Whatever. But then when I turn around and apply the same words to the gameplay, that distinction becomes very important. Because Portal would have been a very different game if they had loaded the player down with a thousand different weird options and powers and ways to use the Portal gun. Yeah, but I okay. feel like that's more... Uh, I mean, like, you can have depth in a game. I don't think he's asking about depth of mechanics. And I feel like depth and, of mechanics is a separate yeah, see, thing. Yeah, and I say you're wrong. It's okay. not. Depth is depth, and complexity is complexity, and the two are not synonymous. And it is very important that no, you I, don't treat them as synonymous in anything. I think what she's what she's saying is that complexity is sort of synonymous. More, oh. more th- is more describing game mechanics the way the way you're using it. Yeah, no, like, there's, 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 there are two very but, separate issues. There's depth right. okay, but, but as, hold and, on a second. But okay. hold on a second. Because let's look at Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Oh, God. Okay? That had... <laughs> oh, do we have to? Yes, we I have like to. that movie. Because, because that had an extremely complex plot. Because nobody knew what the hell the Emperor was actually planning at the start of that movie. Right. Like, really, like, what was Palpatine's actual plan in that movie? Oh, we're going to invade the planet, and then we're going to make her sign the peace treaty that will make the invasion illegal. Well, wait a minute, or make the invasion legal. But if she signs the peace treaty, then it makes the invasion legal, and it just threw, screws up the whole plan. So it was all predicated on the idea that someone would rescue her and your plans would get screwed up, or was it, or was it, you know, it's it's an extremely complex plot that manages to not be deep at all. Right. Because in the end... It was still just about the bad guy. Uh, I'm going to take over the universe by, you know, making the, the, the Senate fall apart. Well, no, well, it, it was forced depth, and that's why it didn't work. Well, like, that's why all I'm this saying back- yeah. is if you draw a distinction between the words complexity and depth, you have a richer language with which to talk about both story and mechanics. If you make them synonymous, you lose the richness of that language. Well, I didn't make them synonymous. I said, mm. if I need to use another word, it would be this. <laughs> okay. So, I'm the guy so that brought I'm it up. I'm going to argue with whether <laughs> this word can be replaced with that word is synonymous with synonymous. No, uh, if, I'm, if I have to use I, I another have, word, I'm he, just saying. Yeah, he was like rephrasing. He was trying right. to I, paint I, literally I get what you're saying. Stu, yeah. Stu and Tappy spent an entire episode arguing about the definitions of a word once. I really don't want to go into that it was like, again. It was like four like, episodes, wasn't it? But my point is, I don't want to be accused of this being a, a useless semantic distinction. Oh, no, it isn't. I don't think it is at all. I stand against useless semantic distinctions uh, firmly. You know, like, I, every time someone says, oh, you used literally when you meant figuratively, and then I have to explain, well, literally now means figuratively, so you're just going to have to suck it up, and I'm not <laughs> interested in having a semantic argument. You know, but at the same time, I think that a game master's toolbox becomes more useful if they draw a distinction between complexity, whether it be complexity of story or mechanics or whatever, and depth, whether it be depth or of story or mechanics or whatever. I get that. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. All right. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, we do run the risk of these words becoming overused words that have no clear definition. Right. Which they kind of have already anyway. 
Well, well, yeah, which is why you need someone like me who, who will spend 10,000 words explaining what the word depth actually should mean and what real game designers use it for. Okay, this is kind of like a, just a little, I put this in here because I kind of talk smack about the, the AMA on Reddit about the D&D. Okay. See, now you're skipping another one because yeah, you now you're skipping another one. one you started to, you tried to skip. Yeah, lessons learned for GM Zag. Oh, I skipped that. that. Fuck. Look at that. Okay. So right. That's, Never that's, mind. There's that one. GM lessons learned from GM Zach. Who would like to read this one? I think it's I Kimmy's turn. All right. Hey, Happy Jacks or Los Jacarinos Feliz, if you do not buy into the whole brevity thing. I've been really enjoying the discussions of GMs working through their horror stories of varying terribleness. And I also, I also, and also the discussions about personalized notes about how to run a game on your GM screen. Things like listen or describe rather than stats. I've been GMing for nearly two years. Currently GMing two very different games and two very different groups. Edge of Empire for a bunch of theater people, one and a half years ca- long campaign, and Thirteenth Age for an author and several engineers, all introverts. Three months so far. I've learned that I need very different notes for both groups based on the tendencies of the systems and the different feel of the groups. For Edge, the players are very proactive and prone to RP meaningfully <coughs> and hilariously. They want to spend an entire session RPing three-day hyperspace journey after a pretty bad defeat, involving one player locking himself in the bathroom and performing surgery on himself with no training and succeeding. Uh, they're pretty easy to GM for. Yes. The other group is much different, and uh, they are all new to the hobby. They have all come up with great backstories, but only two of them occasionally take the initiative to RP. Otherwise, scenes tend to be stilted. stilted. With this group, I need to mention that notes have ver- uh, that m- to make. I I need to make notes that have very clear goals, i.e., go here, get this, rescue him, and if a social da- or slash downtime encounters flopping, I need to move things along which I should have done last night, but alas, neither of my initiators stepped up and I didn't read the signs, leading to an extended village experience, which is quite tired and a bit forced. As a GM, I feel like total crap after the session, despite kicking it off with great encounter of the party getting through a a gorge during a magical dust storm with a... Sturge fight. They're like like giant mosquito kind of things, right? Yeah. Okay. Interestingly enough, Sturges have two pairs of wings, and they're described as mixes between bats and mosquitoes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Don't you memorize every monster manual you've ever read? No. Yes. Yes. No. (laughs) I'm just picturing the picture. Wait, that's DC, right? I only I only played D and D because I had a podcast. (laughs) Fight. Uh, with a sturge fight thrown in there. Do you ever have experiences related to getting quiet, tired, introverts motivated? I know they want to be there, but I'm never sure exactly how much to push them or or start adjusting encounters to speed up to the next one. Thanks, and we believe in nothing, Lebowski. Nothing! GM Zach. Those men are nihilists. They're they're nihilists, dude. That was the whole thing when he started out. Not into the whole brevity thing. All right, can, can I jump in on this one? Sure. Because I have, I have a couple of... Um, uh, first of all, uh, I apologize if you lose a listener over my response to this. Go ahead. Uh, I have a couple of criticisms for GM Zach. Okay. Okay. Number one, role-playing is not the same as acting or interacting. Role-playing is the act of making decisions. If I have to listen to one more dipshit 
who says role-playing when they mean the talky-talky parts or the acting parts of the game, I'm going to start throwing punches. Okay, we really need to get away from that. Everything you do in a role-playing game is role-playing. That's why they call it a role-playing game. That aside. (laughs) So here's the interesting thing. This dipshit, sorry GM Zach, asks a question he has already answered for himself. Mm -hmm. He's literally wasting everybody's time here. (laughs) <laughs> this is like, with group two, I need to make very clear goals, and, and, and I need to move things along, and I need to set the pace, because this group is introverts, and they're reactive. No shit! That's what reactive introverts are, and that's what they need from a GM. Clear goals, and you have to set the pace. You figured it out already! Congratulations, you're a GMing genius. That's the game you're running. You have a group of reactive introverts, that's the way they are. They want clear goals spelled out. You're going to provide them with execution challenges. Here's an obstacle, overcome it. They're going to solve the problem. But, I mean, they're goddamn engineers. That's their job. Here's a problem. Figure out a creative way to solve it. That's what they want. They want a problem with a clear goal, like this thing is in your way, or this door is locked mysteriously. Get through it. So get used to that. Those are your notes. You're going to make an obstacle. They're going to get through an obstacle. Your your game is going to be an obstacle course. That's what that group wants. And that's what GMing is. It's figuring out what your group wants and then delivering it. And if delivering that kind of game makes you sad and makes you feel like you're delivering a sucky game, well, then you need a different group because, sorry, that's what GMing is. I think... I think the I think the reason he's asking this question is, and I think you're right. I think he's of course, trying well, of to. Of course, I am. I mean, it's well, me, yeah. But I wouldn't have you on the show if you weren't. Uh, I think <laughs> what he's trying to do is he's trying to convert the second group into the first group. You can't do that. No, you can't. No. You can't change one. Look, there's people engage in games in different ways for different reasons. Some people have the game because they just want to be challenged by one obstacle after another. They don't care what the reasons why. Some people play Super Mario Brothers because they want to keep walking to the right until they kill Bowser. Other people play Skyrim because they are boring people who do not have the chance to make decisions in their real life. And so they have to feel empowered by having this clouds of ones and zeros ask them at every moment, is it okay if we continue the plot? Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) No, different people. But seriously, different people engage in the game in different ways. He's found the solution. He's just second-guessing it because he feels like the first group is the right group. Right. I, I, I have a feeling he's not happy with how... The, the, he's tr- he's trying to impose what he does with the first group on the second group. It's not working, and it's frustrating him because he wants to run a game like the first group. Yeah, and I can see... I mean, bringing new players in is... Um you know, is great. That's wonderful that he's running, a, you know, a game for them. It's hard to have a group of completely new people because mm-hmm. it may be that these people might end up being the thespians who want to be, you know, but they don't really have an example. And well, and if they don't have to be. There's definitely games and players who are quieter and not interested in that, and that's fine. It's just hard to have a group of all new players with just the GM guiding them. Because there's well, nobody else who kind of can be like, well, this is an option, or and show them 
what like to take that that personal initiative because you know now he, they they're left like you were saying like with just notes that are telling them exactly what to do they don't have any of that you know self choice their that their agency's kind of been taken away from them because they're just not sure of what to do so having someone are, well this is the question though are they not sure what to do or are they happy with the game they have I don't know and I you mean, can't really tell that this- from the email. No, and this is the trick, is that over time, once they start getting comfortable with the game as it is, you start creating opportunities for them to start branching out in other ways. Like, you start building in, and then, again, this is the long con, because it's always about the long con. It's never, you can never do this next week. But you start creating opportunities where maybe an NPC just wants to bullshit with the party. Maybe suddenly some NPC in a bar just walks up to the party and says, Hey, what are you guys up to? What do you oh, why are you doing that? What's your background? Why do you think that's interesting? And then maybe has a philosophical argument with them like, Oh, you think that's the right thing to do, huh? You support the Baroness. Well, I think different, and here's why. And maybe one or two of the players sort of engage with that, or maybe none of the players engage with that. Maybe they all roll their eyes and get out of it, and then you've learned something about the players. Yeah. That but can be hard, though. Gotten- Sorry, just going back to what we were saying, actually, in the previous email about, like, the GM, Magical Fairy, like, giving them the answers, new players especially are going to be prone to the minute an NPC shows up and starts asking them about stuff to mm-hmm. to kind of take that as the GM's voice within the game. So that, right. again, kind of like like hearkening back to your advice from a previous email, like you have to be careful when you have a group of all new players introducing like a very talkative NPC like that. Right. But at the same time, you know, it, it I also find because I have started groups of a lot of new players. In fact, the one group that I ran for 12 years straight started as a group of people who had never played a role playing game. You ran a game for people for 12 years and you didn't kill them? I ran a game for people for 12 years weekly. Wow. In fact, that's one of the things I lost when I moved from New York to uh, to Chicago. (coughs) I was going to make some joke about week, but now that you've lost them, I'm sorry. That sucks. Because that's actually... That's that's it. it. No, go ahead and make the joke. Now you're the dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that has nothing to do with the joke. Angry doesn't get to say that very often. He's very excited, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> no, no. Usually, I'm the asshole. <laughs> Listen, you've made a you've made a pretty good business out of being that guy. <laughs> so think, we've answered this shit, right? Yeah, we have. Yeah, let, so. let them be themselves. Uh, if you want to try and sprinkle some other flavor, maybe get yeah. a different type of player in there and see if that. Makes them spread their wings of another kind, or makes them retreat and they don't keep like your it. expectations oh, low on people. Changing. As much as it yes. pains me to say this, I actually agree with Angry. I would have couched it differently. I probably would have spent <laughs> a little less time berating the guy, but I, I think your advice is sound. And see, and that is why you're just not as big as me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you you'll you give a shit about people's feelings. You'll waste the time on that. It's like, I, let, me, let me let you down gently. Let's do what I call the compliment sandwich. No, I, where I'm going to tell you how you're running your game well, and then tear it apart. And then tell you why you're at least a redeemable person. I've been married for too long with kids, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. It's it's my whole life is full of apologies. I oh, agree God, with you guys. You are clearly raising those kids to be terrible game masters. I agree with They're you guys. They're all women. 
I agree with you guys, but you have to understand that if people would not write emails like that where they answer their own questions, we probably would not have enough content to do the show. <laughs> Thank it you. makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Because then you can just talk about the answers they That's already right. gave. That's right. Then no, you just read the email and you're good to go. You know what? If I can get philosophical for a second, Absolutely. the number one enemy of every GM is second guessing themselves. I think yeah, I think that's true. Yes. I think we I all agree that. completely. Yep. It's, especially when you have a situation where you know I stumbled on this way where all the players seem to be happy, so clearly I'm doing something wrong. That's like oh. the most wrong-minded way you can be, and yet it's the trap we all fall into. Uh, like I'm making everybody happy. This isn't this isn't how I thought role playing games are supposed to run. I obviously fucked it up somewhere. <laughs> I <It's> like <laughs> I, I think second guessing is the enemy of new GMs. But I second guess myself all the time. I feel self evaluation is I'm I'm constantly when I'm running a game, if it doesn't go the way I think it it not how not how how it should have gone, not meaning plot wise. Uh I first thing I do is what could I have done differently? What did I do wrong? I feel you like know that's what I, mean? I feel like that's self evaluation though. That's not mm, second guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Well no no but I But mean, if I do that I, during the course of the game, then maybe it won't go wrong. That's true. Right, but, but you know, at the same time, there is always that point where it's like, where you see that something has gone wrong, where it really hasn't, and everybody did enjoy themselves, and you're actually running the game that the players want, but you have this standard that you have set right. that is does not align with their expectations. It's the shit that know? follows you home. It's the shit where you're like, oh man, that went so sideways. God, I hope the players had a good time. And then you were like, did you guys have a good time? And they're like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's awesome. And you oh, yeah. think they're just they're just like, oh, well, they're they're just trying to ease my. Okay, they're bullshitting me. And now. maybe they are. Or maybe the they worst, are. Isn't it? Every time the players say <laughs> yeah. no, your game is good. Yes, you think <laughs> you're full you of think shit. you're lying. <laughs> And we all do this to ourselves. Tell your characters. <laughs> it's like, was my good game is to, to call back to a previous? Was my game good is the equivalent of does this dress make me look right? Bad? Right. <laughs> totally <laughs> is. Yeah. Totally don't believe your self esteem. I agree. Totally <laughs> is. <laughs> we still, and even though they're like, no, seriously, we've sent you five emails. Shut up. It was fine. <laughs> okay, guys. I guess I'll run another one. <laughs> Yeah, riddled with self doubt. Thirty years on, that doesn't go away. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. No. Uh, wow, that's angry. I did not expect that from you. That you was just, very heartfelt. You just stop asking. Have you not listened to previous episodes I've been on? Yeah. I usually usually I this is by of, the end though. Yeah, usually usually we've broken <laughs> yeah. you down. You get hammered and you get you know maudlin, but not this it's early been, on. It's been a long time since I drank, so it's hit me a little. <laughs> Excuse myself halfway through the email. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go take a piss. This is really going through me. <laughs> well, they're not fast readers, and their emails are long, so I got time. You do. Yeah, if you need to take a, a, a break to pee, yeah. Let me oh, read. The, I did. I did. Let me read this, the the thing from the AMA guy real quick, okay. only because. Again, yeah, let me read this one real quick. This is actually a really interesting one. Uh, hey, Jackers and Jack Associated persons. Uh, I posted this on the forums as well because apparently I'm apparently blind and couldn't find the Happy Jacks email address on the webpage. Uh, I'm the moderator over at r slash dnd. That's on Reddit. I, I wanted to comment in response to the, your discussion of the Watsi AMA on r dnd. Uh, we got a message from Trevor Kidd, marketing community manager, and Chris Lindsay, 
product manager specialist, and Mike Merles, senior manager D&D R&D. Wanted to do an AMA. Uh, They even provided proof that it was them with a picture on Twitter, which is generally how AMAs verify the identity of the subject. Really? Assuming they have a verified account. Yeah. 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 That's really (laughs) weird. The whole, have you seen AMAs on Reddit before? Because there is this really bizarre sort of like weird way that they get these verifications. Like they'll get things like the guy will say, okay, I'll prove it's me because the official Twitter account will tweet this on this date at this time. And then it does. And it's like, oh, well, obviously it's a guy who has control of the official Twitter account. Right. They do all sorts of weird verification bullshit. It's Hmm. so cool. This is the first Reddit or first AMA I ever like was watching live. This is like Cold War spies trying to prove to each other that they're actually not... You know, it's, that they're actually like working with each other, right? <laughs> like, hmm? You know, like, the way Shadowrunners would communicate... Yeah! yeah. Communicate, <laughs> do the AMA thing. It's like, alright, on this date at this time, I'm going to post this message on this on this particular cyber well punk... The lights in the skyscrapers will spell out fuck you at, at right. 235... <laughs> yeah, on the 15th of May, yeah. I don't... Okay. I, I don't actually know cyberpunk that well, so if if that's not obvious, because cyberpunk sucks. Fuck cyberpunk. <laughs> I heard cyberpunk well, was DC. <laughs> you still hung up on that? That was like two emails. Cyberpunk ago. was fun oh, in the eighties, but once... we let it go. I was kidding. I know the difference between DC and Marvel. I don't. I certainly hope so. I don't. You could you could name well, but any obscure it's, character it's, it's, I wouldn't know. It's well, only but, because you know Kimmy's la- golden lasso girl. You were pushing buttons, weren't you? You're Stu, well, and he's the angry yeah, DM. Well, right. One is filled with whiny people who view their superpowers <laughs> as a burden, and the other one just sucks. <laughs> I I kind of agree with that, but anyway, Stu Stu, I, has, Stu but, was reading. Do you know what that kills me with the whole Marvel thing? It's like if oh, I had God. superpowers, I would be the. I would be having so much fun. I was thinking, I was actually thinking about this as I rode my bike home from work. Okay, today, today of all things, I'm riding alongside a bus and I'm keeping pace with the bus because traffic is slow. And I'm looking at it like, you know, if I was Superman, this is exactly the sort of thing I would do on my off days. I would just float alongside this bus, sitting there like I was sitting in the bus so that if anybody looked at the mirror, they would just see me sitting alongside the bus. I would, like, I would be the most fun superhero imaginable. And I'd like, well, obviously I'd have to be a DC superhero since Marvel superheroes are all miserable about it. Broody, yeah. Hello. Right? Oh my god. Oh, the burden of superheroes that I can never love and the world won't accept me and let's have a goddamn civil war where we punch each other because the government said we should. <laughs> Fuck Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> this was our D&D's first anime. Oh, and my parents are dead. Oh, wait, that's Batman. Sorry, we're moving on. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> until now, until now, all of Watsi's AMAs have been do- done over at R slash RPG because it's a bigger community. This was our first AMA, and we were very excited. They didn't tell us the subject of the AMA until the AMA post went up, which was two days after DMsGuild.com went live. So that was a major topic of the conversation. That's why they offered to do it, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Trevor, Chris, and Mike were nice about answering questions. I don't think they managed to answer every question. I can tell you for a fact they didn't. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame this Reddit for that. Um, A big chunk of the thread was people asking specific questions about the function of the new OGL, but 
Trevor, Mike, and Chris really aren't able to answer any of the complicated legal specifics. Mm-hmm. We probably made some mistakes since this was our first AMA, but overall, I think everyone did fine, and I'm happy Watsi was nice enough to come over to, to, to come answer questions about the OGL and GM's guild. Thanks, Tyler Gamastra, uh, you slash high technocrat. I don't know the Reddit stuff. From that's his. That's his username. No, that, that's how you say it. it's you slash high technocrat. Okay, you got it. All right. Well, this is not so much. He says I. I, now, I, I this was to the comment. only. Only yeah. Well, he was just kind of clarifying a okay. little bit because I, I bitched about it. I think the last time we talked about this, I, there you? were a lot of yes. There were a lot of you weren't here. No. Yeah, I listened. There were a lot of questions that did not get answered, and it annoyed the fuck out of me. Mm. Well, sure. Well, that's okay, that's that's AMAs though. Hold on a second. But no, it's not AMAs. No. Any anything has a specific meaning. <laughs> for Ask example, me anything. For I guess example, no, no, we'll no, answer okay. what we want. Okay. I guess is the, okay. that's that's what Hold happened. There's, there's no way that one person can answer all the questions that come across an AMA on Reddit because there's just no, 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 so no, many no, questions. No, 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 You are defending Watsi and they don't deserve it. And I'm going to tell I you. Am, no, no, hold on. Hold on. Okay. I am not defending Watsi. <laughs> I'm saying that's the state of the beast with Reddit. The users okay. greatly outnumber the um, the moderators oh, sure. and, and the people who answer the questions. So there's no way every question is going to get answered. That's, that's, fair enough. That's par for but, the course. But at the same time, two things you have to understand about Watsi. As someone who has, um, who is actually uh, blacklisted by Watsi, uh, I have gotten your, wait, fired. You're I blacklisted black- by Watsi. I am blacklisted by Watsi. I, I am have been, so shocked at that. I have actually gotten people fired from the Adventurers League for talking to me. What? That's talking awesome. How did that not, happen? It's documented. No shit. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, so no, I Watsi does not talk to me. Does that mean that um, none of us can play in the Adventures League now? Yeah, we're no, we're, no, we're they, now they banned from the DMs guild. We can't publish anything. Quite a relief. <laughs> no. So here's the thing with Watsi. Two things to keep in mind. Number one, they are kept Watsi is a gigantic ass corporation that has no business running an RPG because they're running an RPG like a gigantic-ass corporation that is very concerned about corporate secrets would. Okay, whereas an RPG, by its nature, an RPG is a product that thrives on community. Okay, and thrives on transparency. And Watsi very much has an old-fashioned corporate mindset in a lot of ways, and there are there's a there's a couple of things that I can't actually that, say. That, because that, I'm, an, I'm imagining that probably comes down from Hasbro. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Hold on. See, now I'm going to go ahead and dispel that whole Hasbro. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. uh, Actually, if you want to spend some time on the business of role-playing games, I can give you some insight here. Mm -hmm. Because if you pay close attention to the way the business deals are structured, and if you listen to all of the... listen to all of like the corporate uh, shareholders calls that Hasbro gives out, you sort of get an interesting picture of things. And it all goes back to when Hasbro first acquired Watsi. And the deal was, is, is pretty simple, okay? So Watsi has these two major brands that, that Hasbro was interested in. One is Magic the Gathering, which is a gigantic brand, which is still, by Hasbro at least, considered to be the largest board and card game in the world. And it may well be, because they won't release actual numbers, because they're Hasbro. And they have D&D, which, were, which as a brand is kind of small, but at least as a name has recognition. Mm-hmm. 
at the time that Hasbro was acquiring WotC, they were very concerned about Hasbro trying to force crossovers between Magic the Gathering and role-playing games like D&D. And they didn't want right. to have that happen. So when they negotiated the deal, instead of being acquired as one brand, as Wizards of the Coast, you know, uh, a subsidiary of Hasbro... The rule, the, the, the deal was structured so that Magic the Gathering and D&D would be acquired as separate brands. Okay? Mm-hmm. Which, a little unusual, but not, you know, not ludicrous. If you want to keep a wall between two brands, you can do it that way. Okay? Now, Hasbro, a few years later, adopted a policy where they started distinguishing between their brands. And a brand is anything that a company owns. A brand could be a smaller company, or a brand could be a specific intellectual property. Okay. That's just the accounting terminology of brand. So a few years later, Hasbro comes up with this idea that we're going to have these core brands and we're going to have these non core brands and core brands are brands that have over a certain threshold of sales and they get everything. They get all of the support from Hasbro um, and they get all of their, interf- you, you know, Hasbro gets a big say in them. Okay. And then there's non-core brands and the non-core brands are brands that are just kind of floating <coughs> there on their own. They make money. They're not losing money for Hasbro. They're worth having and Hasbro is holding on to them, but Hasbro has no real care what they're doing. Okay. Magic the Gathering is a core brand. It is huge for Hasbro. It brings them a huge amount of money. They will market the shit out of it. They love it. Mm-hmm. D&D is a non-core brand. Hasbro doesn't give a shit about it. They, you know, they will occasionally have directives, but until ha- Wizards of, until D&D starts losing money, they will interfere far less in what D&D is doing because they don't care. It's not worth them to invest any time or energy into. That's also why you, you don't see things like D&D commercials on, on like, uh, what is it, Hub, which is Hasbro's personal marketing channel. They won't show it. I, I mean, they won't claim, oh, this is our personal marketing channel. They'll claim this is, our cha- this is the channel where you can watch the My Little Ponies, Friendship is Bullshit, or whatever. <laughs> Hub is a marketing channel for Hasbro to show 22-minute toy commercials interrupted by 30-second toy commercials. Right. Okay. That's what Hub is, and that's why I'll never see D&D on it. Hasbro doesn't give a shit about D&D. D&D has not been a core brand for a long time. From what I heard, and I can only say this is rumor and hearsay, round about the 4th edition era, Wizards of the Coast tried to bank on the fact that they could triple their sales to get recognized as core brand status. So, and Hasbro was willing to take on that bet on the whole, um, the whole computer tools thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to tie in all the computer tools, which was an interesting story in itself. Right. Because the head of their, uh, the head of the software development team that was handling all the electronic tools for D&D, and I think he was, don't quote me on this, but I think he was a former Microsoft developer, six months before the release of D&D 4th uh, Edition. And there was supposed to be a concurrent release before the, between the electronic tools and the 4th right. Edition, all that stuff. Uh, he went home, shot his wife, and put a bullet in his head. Yeah, yeah, I remember that story. Right, right. And he was sort of the brainchild of the team. You know, sometimes in software development, you have one person who is like the brain of the team and everybody else is sort of orbiting around him helping. And it was that sort of setup. And that is why the e-tools were always six months behind and never got all the features that they were supposed to get, at least in theory. Anyway, 
Wizards of the Coast try, tried to get Hasbro to recognize them as a core brand. Hasbro poured a whole bunch of money into the development of 4th edition. Uh, it, they never managed to triple the sales of D&D the way they were, they were hoping to. And so Hasbro at this point has kind of washed their hands of D&D and said, you survive on your own. And I think that's borne out. If you look currently at what's going on with D&D, um, there's a couple of things that have been sort of banked on. Number one, Sword Coast Legends. They put a lot of marketing into Sword Coast Legends. Number two, they've put a lot into reacquiring the rights to do a D&D movie from the, uh, the European movie house that owned those rights. Mm-hmm. There was a legal battle over that. Number three now is the whole DMs Guild thing. And all of that shows that they are making a last-ditch effort to, if not make D&D sellable and valuable as a product, to at least make it sellable as a license. Mm-hmm. That is to say, if you can slap the name on something else and make money, it's making money. So I think there's a little stink of desperation around D&D as valuable to Watsy right, or as valuable to Hasbro right now. But I can say it is extremely unlikely that Hasbro is interfering in D&D. Okay. okay. But... You know, it really wow, smacks to I me like babbled they, about like corporate law for yeah, I'm, 10, I'm, 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 I'm shocked that you can for rant. All the listeners <laughs> that I just lost. <laughs> shocked, that, <laughs> shocked! I tell you that you can rant. I actually, to put it in entertainment terms, that, to me, it seems like they that had like a big. That wasn't a rant though. That was just me listing off the business dealings. The, the lecture. It, it seems like they have like a, a, a had yeah. a big blockbuster with 4.0, and then it didn't do very well at the box office. So now they have a much smaller budget in which to try to make the sequel. Yeah, and you can kind of see that because sure. of the size. What, what is the D&D 5e team down to now? It's like down to nine people or yeah, eight people, it's I small. think. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so D&D so, 5 well, I mean, is- and clearly they don't have the money or no one has the will to, to set up a team to develop a bunch of stuff to support the game because they're going to crowdsource it now. Yep. Well, this, that's and see, that's why I point to the DMs Guild as sort of this this idea of, well, we here's a way we can make money off licensing. They're trying to adopt the Steam model. Right. Where you develop a game, you sell it on our platform, and we're going to take we're going to take a, a cut. So D and D five is the straight to. DVD yes, release? Exactly. That's, <laughs> no, that's it, kind of what it smacks of, right? doesn't it? <laughs> or it's like instead five, of practical I, you know, effects, hate, we're going to use green screen for the entire thing now. Go ahead. I hate to say it, but D&D 5 strikes me more as the green, the, the Steam green light of D&D. It's like, okay, well, we'll just throw out anything and, uh, you know, take fees from whatever. We'll see what stays. And, well, Steam fi- has is now starting to figure out that green light is kind of a quality sink. Uh, I don't know what green light is. What, what is that? Oh, okay. So Steam is Steam is uh, electronic development of video games through Valve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can buy your video games through Valve. They have a client, and then you have your games. But so Steam Greenlight was ideally it was a way to make it easier for developers to indie developers to get their games in front of a market at a limited price. It was Steam Greenlight. If your game seemed popular enough to the masses where they voted to greenlight your game, Steam would help you get your game out into the market even if you didn't quite have the money to publish it. Okay. Uh, And unfortunately, what has happened is that a a giant pile of crap um, that sort of ends up in perpetual beta has started populating Steam Greenlight and in Steam Early Access, which was another tool like that where you could give away your alphas and your betas 
uh, or you could sell your alphas and your betas with the promise that when it became a real product, you know, the people who bought the alpha or the beta would get it for free. Like um, Kerbal Space Program. Right. Or, or uh, Pinocchio. Was, yeah, exactly. And then this stuff boy. gets trapped in in perpetual alpha or beta or collapses. I, it, Steam is that is like that now, too. It's just it's a collection right. of... I don't know, half finished and half assed games, and and you have to say, and if you look for their reviews, I have a feeling it's kind of like uh, a lot of other companies out there we've talked about, which is they don't allow bad reviews. And when you look for reviews, you have a bunch of other gravy, you can't, so you can't judge. Steam, well, Steam has actually taken a lot of flack for that whole thing, where where the review system is sort of falling apart and easily manipulated. Skewed. So Steam does trying to be trying to police that more now than Good. they were in the past. Good. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But but again, you Wait, know, we I can't think, have that. <laughs> we can't have you, you agreeing with no, no. But, no, 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 <laughs> but here's the thing. If you look at D&D's pattern now, 4th edition was centered around the subscription model. Right? It was like if if we get people to subscribe to our e-tools, they'll pay infinity dollars for D&D. Which is an idea that had started to die by the time D and D adopted it. Yeah. Right. You know, the subscription model was starting to phase out of video games at that point. Now they're going with the Steam Greenlight model of this is the DMs Guild at a time where Steam five years on is looking at it and saying, you know what, maybe this isn't the best way or the Steam Early Access. Just so D is sort of left five years behind yeah. <laughs> um, everybody else's bad idea. <laughs> Although that subscription idea seems to be working great for producti- productivity software. And mm-hmm. porn. Well, what? Yeah, subscribing to various porn. Well, no. Who fuck pays for porn? Very free porn. This is the absurd non sequitur, because I'm trying to move on here to the next re- email. All right. I'm All right. Who would like to read turn- the MMORPG-like bo- boss fight from Manuel? This is from Germany. So yeah. uh, there's going to be typos. So uh, angry, please uh, make notes and refrain it for the end. Uh, because I was actually going to use it as an advantage to step away for a moment. So oh, okay. okay. Else English is not his first language, so I don't want to hear about it. Uh, All right, go no, start. Hey, bags. Hey, I will never yell at someone for the for ignorance. Ignorance <laughs> is just not being taught something. I will yell at people for stupidity. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, okay. No, anyone who has broken English, it's great because they are bilingual at least. Yeah, right. so they speak one more language than we us. do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, at I'm, least one more. And also, I'm going to be reading this as written, so uh, I, I will try to correct where I can. <laughs> Uh, handbags <laughs> with uh, which one douches. Manuel from Germania here. I'm currently running a D&D 5 game, and five out of my seven players are completely new. The way the campaign is structured is that they are in a magical forest, far away from society, and they go on a new adventure every season. Stole it from the West Marches YouTube show. All of these events affect each other, but there is no real overarching plot. No ever-present Bosvikt, big bad. Uh, which way we, which way we can play, even if not everybody of our rather huge group can play. Since they all played WoW, I wanted to give them an easy entry. There are always obvious quests available, and they choose which hooks to go after, and how to solve them. But like MMO players, they expect everything to be structured, and don't really uh, see things outside the box. Quick example, they tried to free a prisoner, magical light being from Shadow Beasts. The, the guy was chained with magical chains, which, as they discovered when they touched the first pair, simply disappear when touched. So they run to the other side, uh, to the other set of chains, and about 20 feet away, they get attacked 
by more shadow beasts. None of the players thought of ignoring the fuckers and just freeing the prisoners. They thought, oh, we rolled initiative, now we fight. I'm now planning a Christmas special where they fight evil Santa. <laughs> Yay, Krampus. Krampus for the win, right? Oh, he's, a, he's a Germanic evil Santa, right? Since I really dislike the hit point bag, uh, point bag, punch bag, hit point bag, punch bag, punching. Hit point. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I, know what he's, I know what he means. I, oh, and you were afraid that I was going to get after this guy. For I, read, I read punching bag, really, when I was trying to correct <laughs> what, it here. But it's, I think he meant a sack of hit points. Yeah, boss. I think he right. meant, yes, right. And punching bag is what I said. Right, but it's not, anyway, uh, are, you, are you back? Really? He's back, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm back. He just peed. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, but I, wanna... I have discovered that either I can't hold my alcohol or I am getting old man bladder, one or the other. <laughs> How uh, old are you? 38. 38 yeah, that's a little of, young for old man bladder. Oh, yeah. A week ago. Yeah, uh, but who oh, knows? Happy I birthday. have prostate cancer. <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, Damn, dude. <laughs> wow, that was wow. so dark. I never wish that on someone. Sorry. Holy crap. <laughs> I know, Angry, and you and I are supposed to hate each other, I guess. I guess oh, I missed oh, that's the, the, the wow. you and him have a rivalry, right? <laughs> right. I, I've always, just to just incite the misogyny here, I have always thought about it less as you and I have this enmity and more sort of we have unresolved sexual tension. <laughs> Come on, Stork. It's not like he was in the Beastie Boys or something. I have to admit, it, it's the, the Meggings. Is it the Meggings? It's the Meggings. <laughs> well, uh, wait until you see what I'm wearing to Gen Con. <laughs> if I ever if I can go to Gen yeah, Con. Yeah, none of us can ever afford to get there. Oh, there will be pictures. I'll be following your Twitter with bated breath. I, All right, I've got an email I need to finish fucking up. So if you, if you don't mind, because <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm done sorry, flirting, I need, to, I need to continue on. Rambling bullshit. You oh. call a show? Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I wanted to spice the fight up since there are usually no more than a one session build up to the boss. If I even had a boss fight at all, I wanted to make the fight itself mechanically interesting by using the DD5 lair mechanics, which are an interesting thing. Uh, mm. We talked about it a couple episodes ago, uh, six months ago or so. The Lair yeah. Mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa has four differently decorated Christmas trees, and depending on which one lights up, different effects are active. More like <laughs> like more heal, slowed movement, speed, etc. And Santa will use different attacks. There are toy cannons which shoot presents. After a short time, they explode, and random effect happens. Heal potions, Jack in the Box, Santa himself, uh, Santa itself pops out of, etc. I thought about a second phase where he puts them in a bag and they have to fight in the dark stuffy bag. I'm having a lot of fun planning this, but I have two main concerns. One, the players only get one chance. Unlike raiding, you can't try the boss the whole evening and then figure out all the mechanics. Two, am I feeding my players uncreativity uncreativity by making... Dude, lay off the the guy. Am I feeding the players uncreativity by making basically a raid boss? (laughs) If I try something cool, like destroy one of the trees, I'm I'm going to run with it. If I'm, they try something I'm cool, sorry, right. if they, all right, one of the trees, I'm going to run him, with it. It's not him, it's you. Yeah. I'm afraid that they will simply move <laughs> yeah. out to the AOE and keep the DP, and keep on DPSing. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you use interesting slash complex mechanics to make fights more interesting? Thanks for the help, Manuel. P.S. The German word Stein means stone to Mädchen von Krug, which would be richtig. PPS, have a German drink. 
drink. <laughs> I don't have any German drinks. Yeah. I, I, I put a comma in there. Does Oxford come? Have a German drink. That's not, it would not be an Oxford drink. I'd no. love to, yeah, to, that, to that take a first swing at this. Comma, comma splice. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, which, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am of the generation of gamer who played video games and MMOs before I played D&D. Or tabletop gaming. Right. Um, oh, gross. I feel and now, dirty. And now you won't play them at all. <laughs> <laughs> I play them sometimes. I never see you online. I know. I have, I've been doing said, a bunch of costuming stuff. Uh, I'm going to be... Okay. A, a little sidebar here okay. about fucking video games for a second. Okay. I'm going to be running a Star Wars game. Okay. Right? So I've been sort of trying to immerse myself in the quote-unquote new canon. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not part of the canon, but there's a lot of setting in it, I downloaded... Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. What a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Some of Thank it. you. I can't get out of the... I can't get onto the goddamn escape boat. <laughs> wait, wait. Is is Knights of the Old Republic the crappy MMO, or is that the crappy RPG? He's I doing the RPG. He's not actually doing oh, the okay. MMO. Yeah, he's not doing... I could, oh, I, don't do the don't do the RP the MMO. It just gets worse. Oh, no. Gr- <laughs> oh, great. And, oh, yeah. The, they, they fixed it and broke it. Recently. Yeah, it, it's on Steam. Yeah, and I got, it was like ten dollars or something. Yeah, to get that, it. that's like See, that's, that's like what fifteen we're years ago, dude. It's fifteen years ago crap. technology. I'm not. I don't have a problem with bad graphics. I play Minecraft. Oh, okay. All right. It, it's it it, it. it. I get to this point, and I have to get past this point, and there's a closed door, and I can't figure out how to open the fucking door, and I've gone through the whole place, searched every fucking body there is. That's what I, the internet's for. You play Minecraft? Yeah. <laughs> My kids with my kids. Wait, yeah, yeah there's, you, there's a server. It I happens. I cannot. I do not grok Minecraft in any way. I don't understand the point of the it's game. It's like Legos. It's so much fun. But so what's the point? You just build shit. Yeah, yeah. and you don't yeah. die. The the point is find your own point. Right. Yeah. It's a big sandbox. Zen. In fact, in fact, somebody a, once built or has built an actual working computer using Minecraft. I have Which, a wh- by I, the way, yeah. I am actually really glad that Minecraft craft exists to keep those people away from being productive members of society. <laughs> <laughs> so now, if you are the sort of person who will build a redstone frogger game inside <laughs> Minecraft, yep. you need to be locked away inside Minecraft. You do not need to be anywhere near society. Yeah. Now, my kids play it all the time, crazy into it. I, I don't... They're like, wow, look at this awesome thing that I did, and... I just I don't get it. I just <laughs> give I him a bunch of Legos. It's just See, eight kinds of fun, my friend. Eight kinds of fun. It's totally. just not one of yours. Yeah, right. no, it's not. I I don't. I I can't. I like exploring. I like going around and exploring places. Mm-hmm. I f- I found dungeons. Yeah, they're like mm-hmm. little mines with yeah. like railroad tracks in them and shit. Did you find awesome. any of the jungle temples or the the yeah. temples? Oh yeah. yeah, they actually have traps procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fantastic. <laughs> my- and it's all randomly generated. A number of different types of gamer engagements. The problem is it does not hit them all. And if you are after certain types of engagements, it delivers absolutely nothing for you. Yeah. I don't think so, they're hurting. I think I think I think they're fine. No. <laughs> no. It, if you're not into Minecraft, I totally understand why. You're you're just into a more structured experience to begin with. Right, one where you can't get onto the fucking escape pod because you can't find the one fucking thing that's supposed to open the goddamn door. Did you try clicking the button? Yes, I did everything. Except searching the internet, which I refused to do. Uh, it, so I'm like, I mean, fuck this, I'm not playing video games anymore. 
This is, is it. it. You you should not have to. If you no, have you to search have to. on the internet for Thank how to you. solve a problem, you the game is badly designed. Yes, no, I I agree. Or I, you there's there's a, one or the other. It's one of those two answers. <laughs> and it, it is. It, it's 50-50. It is 15 years old, and it was probably ported over from Xbox or something. So That's it's, one yeah. of the problems with Steam, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the controls are super messed up. Yep. Like some of the old the con- Tomb Raider The games. controls seem to work fine until I got to one door. Yep. Well, yeah, it was like, I can't figure Republic, out. The problem is not the controls. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a God Mode cheat for that. Stu, I think it's like IDDQD or something like that. Uh, oh, oh, I remember that from, from yeah, no. uh, Doom. That's Doom, yeah. Oh ID, IDKFA something. Talk yeah, about yeah. a game that's so much fun ID- to download on Steam not, and, I'm and sorry, have ID so much KFA fun with. IDKFA was full, ar- full ammo full and armor. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Like that. God yeah. mode or whatever they called it. Those, that no, no. Was, God mode is different than the unlimited ammo ID- and, yeah. Yeah, and armor. What was, God, the God, what was the God mode sheet? IDDQD. IDDQD, okay, all right. Um, so don't much fun! I was playing it the other day too. Every video game you've ever played? No, <laughs> I, I don't play very many video games. I mean, I hate to bring us all down or anything, but here can we help Manuel? Uh, yeah, okay. oh, yeah, let's go back to Manuel. Yeah, okay, sorry. so <laughs> you're like the one GM no one wants to play under. By the Aww. way, we're all having a good time. It's like, excuse me, guys, I wrote a game here. It's we're playing a game. Play that it's <laughs> a little off the rails here. It's true. It's exactly why I don't. You know uh, what? The goblin murders you because you're talking <laughs> talking too shit. much. <laughs> Wandering um, damage. <laughs> so as someone who, uh, going back to how this all started, who started in video games and MMOs and then transferred over to tabletop RPGs, um, I found it was very helpful um, to have, especially if you have that many new players who all have played WoW before, to kind of have that set up there. Um, I don't know if you should always keep that in the campaign, but actually one of our first um, Happy Jacks games, it was really interesting. We had a lot of people who hadn't played tabletop um, before, but we were all wild oh, players game. together. Yeah, the yeah. Forey game, like seven years ago now, a long time ago. Now. A long time ago. Um, <coughs> and well, so is the great place to come from MMOs because Forey was basically an MMO. It was. Yeah, it, it totally yeah. was. That was yeah. That's Kimmy's point. Is that uh, yeah. it's funny that all the players from the WoW Guild were playing basically their class. They totally understood no. exactly what was going on. Yeah, and it was yeah. interesting because because um, you know we all kind of had to adjust to the tabletop thing, but the minute we got into combat. Holy shit, did we know how to handle that shit? Like, yeah. we had our range DPS, you know, we all knew all that stuff. So it's really, you know, we had to get used to the rolling of dice not being instant. What do you mean you don't know my damage yet? I'm hitting the... Th- Never mind. Um, <laughs> but I, So I think this is actually a really great way to kind of immerse and get people into the tabletop hobby. Yeah, he's got he's got five of his seven players are completely new. Yeah. And if this is what works for them to get them involved in the game, I say go for it. Yeah. But... But don't keep it that way. Don't continue playing a tabletop MMO. Right. As, as we learned from previous games, what you should do when you have players who are happy with the game you're presenting is try to change them into the players you think they should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but no, that's... That, dear friends, is what we call a callback. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but seriously... Yeah, no. I'm sorry. You you have an opportunity yeah. to sh- show them a different way than they're used to 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 open their minds a little yeah. bit away from that very yeah very change your game fixed, yeah. more than their play style exactly because yeah. their play style can easily adapt because most of the the knowledge you get as an MMO player is more you know how to get through you right. know different things um, I do I do think you're not your his first um, concern 
the, about players only getting one chance is a little uh, is a good concern because yeah, when you're doing a raid, you've got all these crazy mechanics you've got to learn. You know, stand in these circles when the dragon breathes fire, so you survive, and then hit him with this, and then you know, shit, I the, died. Well, run back really run quick. Back, run yeah. back, run back. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, y'all, you know, <laughs> and everybody I, I died. Think, so I'm I feel say that, that that's an important skill though that a GM has to pick up is that. Because your players really do only have one opportunity to deal with things, you have to learn skills that video games don't have to worry about, like foreshadowing and telegraphing. Exactly. Yeah. One, you have to give the players the opportunity to learn about the creature's weaknesses. And number two, in the battle, you have to be very clear in your descriptions. Like, uh, for example, this, this bullshit Christmas tree crap that this guy wrote um where where santa's like getting power from the different christmas trees for you know because that's right. what christmas adventures are it's got a christmas tree at santa it's a christmas adventure sorry i just wrote a rant about this whole thing a couple of weeks ago <laughs> about why your adventure is not a christmas adventure but anyway he's basically so like, built a beholder is what he's done right he has built a beholder powered by christmas trees right. for some inexplicable <laughs> reason but the key then is how does he convey to the players that the Christmas tree is powering Santa? Like, like for example, if the Christmas tree is giving Santa, say, a bonus to armor class. I'm just pulling this out of my head because I can't be bothered to read the email again. Right. Um, so this is Christmas tree one is giving Santa a bonus to armor class. So Christmas tree one is growing, glowing bright red, and it's covered with red ornaments, and it's red, and it's red. Oh, my God, it's red, red, red. And every time someone tries to attack Santa, it hits a red force field. And even if the, the attack hits Santa, it's like, oh, it hits a red force field, but it penetrates through the red force field, and it hits Santa, right. whatever. Red force field, red, 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 red. <laughs> so that maybe player then connect through like sort of what we call in the business an orgy of evidence that <laughs> the red Christmas tree is the red force field that is the red Santa Claus armor class thing. Right. Um, and sort of, you know, that's, that's a technique called telegraphing. That's how you tell that one thing in an environment is affecting something else. Mm-hmm. And then after all of that red, that's when you find out that Santa Claus has been dead the whole time, right? <laughs> <sighs> You know, I'm no, trying no, to actually be serious and helpful here. No, but you well, are. You, you you didn't see uh, what was that movie? I can't even remember the movie's what? name now. Yeah. Fuck it. Well, you you and I think that's a, that's a oh, excellent, oh, absolutely oh, right. That was a reference to um the M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, movie. that one. Oh yeah. This uh, I see dead people. Yeah. Yes. He, he memorizes every movie he's yeah, seen. He, he prefaced I this when we started. Six times, so I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's summary. I think that's a, <laughs> other than the sixth episode, that's a really good point. Especially you have to keep in mind, like if like the part where it's like, oh, and then out of his pack drops heal potions and stuff like that. It's like, okay, in tabletop games, a lot of times it takes an action to identify what a potion is, things yeah. like that. If that right. stuff's getting dropped in in combat, that can be a problem. Unless they're dropped in, you know, <laughs> potions labeled. that I should say heal, heal on it, you know? And well, then you have to decide, are you going to no, trust that Santa's on. dropping heal potions? <laughs> are these, like... Because <laughs> I'm going to go hack... This is something that I purposely do in my games. This uh-huh. is... Um, so, all heal potions in my games are pink. Mm-hmm. They have a various... They have viscosity, depending on the, the how powerful they are. And they all taste sweet, like honeysuckle. So it's Pepto Bismol. I was just going to say Pepto Bismol. <laughs> Precisely, it is something that people associate with medicine. Right. I have a feeling since they're all WoW players that all of the heal potions are red and they just drop out of the bag. And I think they know exactly what they are. He doesn't have to say it. 
I have exactly. a feeling that that's what but, he's doing. But also, you don't want to assume that. You want to make sure that the players find some heal potions before Santa Claus starts farting out heal potions. Exactly. <laughs> so that two encounters beforehand, they found a bunch of heal potions right after they were forced to take some damage in a trap that they couldn't possibly avoid. So then in the next room, there's some red heal potions, or red potions, and one of the idiots drinks the red potion, it heals them. So then when Santa starts belching out heal potions, it's like, oh, it's those red potions that healed us after we took the mat damage. Yep. From the, the bullshit trap we couldn't avoid. That's called foreshadowing. Yeah. Okay, that's how you train your players. But since they all played WoW, I think they've already been trained to know that the red is heels, so they're all into yeah, it. Yeah, and this is the thing. If you assume that your players know what you're doing, then you run the risk of they miscommunicating. That is a good yeah. point. <laughs> and you could fuck you with them, too. Explicitly build this shit in. It's yeah. like, if you are going to have Santa Claus belch out healing potions, you damn well better have a room in your dungeon that already teaches them what healing potions are that they have passed through. I agree. Yep. Make sure your world I, makes I, sense. I, I should do. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I'm going to say, because I have to get the plug in. As far as boss fights go, I have written a series of articles on building better boss fights because the big problem with games like D&D is that they do not recognize any sort of scale between the combats. It's like fighting fighting a goblin involves exactly the same mechanics as fighting a dragon involves the, exactly the same mechanics as fighting a horde of zombies. And so there's a problem of scale where you can't really do boss fights in D&D unless you start adding all of this creative bullshit to it. Uh, I have written a series of articles on my website, theangrygm.com, um, about the boss fight in D&D and developing better boss fights that are built around these sort of more cinematic, puzzly bosses that do interesting things and last for more rounds and still manage to fit into the challenge rating structure. You know, I so. think one of the first articles of yours I read was back in the fourth edition days when you wrote something about boss fights as well. True story. The first article I ever wrote as the Angry GM was about fourth edition boss fights. I wonder if that was the article I read. Could have been. Could have been. Because you guys found me really early and yeah. you guys decided I was awesome. Mm -hmm. We didn't and know I, any better. And, and now the student has surpassed the teacher. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> On that note, correcting Stork <laughs> on Swedish drinking and RPG stuff from Andreas. I love Sweden. Swedish drinking. Drink like a Swede. Hi, Stu and Stork. A You're short... not reading this in offensive Swedish accents? Uh, you know what? I've never been able to do an accent on this show, and uh, there's no reason to start A now. short information <laughs> note about Sweden and drinking. Yeah. yeah, I could do the Swedish chef. Come on! <laughs> it's offensive! Right? All right, okay. All right, all right. Yeah. At least a uh, first paragraph. A short international... Oh, no. A short informational note about Sweden and drinking. After episode <laughs> 1604... But you're wearing lederhosen. <laughs> Dude, that's Swiss. I know. That's a quote from a movie. Wait a minute. Oh! Switzerland and Sweden are basically the same country. I, I have this on authority. <laughs> Switzerland and Sweden because they start with S? <laughs> well, uh, There's a W also. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I think you might be onto something. And the S and W are both followed by vowels. Whoa! I'm pretty sure that Sweden and Switzerland are the same country. <laughs> I think so. I think they're right next to each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? They, don't, they, they join. Don't they both run I, around going brick, brick, brick? They're both in Germany, right? And they're landlocked. Both of them are. Right? <laughs> no. 
We did not have a prohibition period in Sweden. Bork, bork, bork. There was an election in the early 1900s, but it was defeated, so we never got the organized crime kickstarted by our government. Unlike <laughs> our government, because, yeah, we, we had organized crime because of our prohibition, so, yeah. Yeah, it's Swedes, totally once the again. The that organized crime exists in the United States because of prohibition. <laughs> yeah. No, the only no reason we had organized crime... Ever had organized crime. The only reason we had organized crime is because we let Italians in. Oh, <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> Wow. Happy Jacks would They're, like to apologize. Yeah, a little bit of a historical <laughs> precedence for... I don't think that they created it. They just perfected it. So. <laughs> yeah. They do it better than everyone else. They just else. do it better than everyone else. <laughs> so they got rid of all the other organized crime. Was it, was it a gangs in New York where you said the Irish invented it, but the, for the Italians perfected it? Wasn't it that one? I don't think that was. Angry, you've angry. memorized every movie you've ever seen. Is that what happened? Is that that movie? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Yeah, but believe... again, I don't watch crap. I'm oh, sorry. Gangs Dude, in New York. Gangs in New York. Yeah, uh, no, I stand by what I said. <laughs> All I can say is the, the in gangs in New York, that man knows how to cook a steak. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops, <laughs> we, were, we were just talking about it last night. He like fries it for two seconds each side. Damn <laughs> fucking Skippy. And then taps his eye with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I tried that. That really hurts. Does it? <laughs> Stings a little. Sorry. Good. You're such I, an idiot. <laughs> thank you. I, I, Are we on the next email yet? No. I'm two sentences in here. Anyway, so the reason so many people went abroad to drink when Stork was in Europe way back in the day was that the drink was so heavily taxed. If 70% of the cost was taxed, it was cheaper to get slammed abroad. That's what she said. <laughs> but I'm bummed. 70% tax? Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's Scandinavia. No. Since we've joined the Union, it has changed significantly, even if it is still mostly tax. Gaming, then. I have another matter related to the question about maps I sent in a while ago. I found that many times, combats in my games feel very stale, and sometimes a bit too stilted. A fight on film is always dynamic and moving around in the room. It's as if all combatants take place in an empty space in the games. Stunting systems kind of help a bit, but I found another interesting thing which I wanted to get out there. When we when we played 7th C, I photocopied a plan of an inn and also some of the things in the inn like tables, stools, swords on the walls, and those kinds of wall decorations. Then when the classic bar fight broke out, the players actually pushed around the paper cutouts on the map and interacted with them. The tactile experience suddenly made the players aware of the environment. How have you made your RPG combats more interesting by involving the furniture or environment in general? And have you found a way to get the players to also use such things to make the combats more fun and dynamic? Do you have any other ideas for making the combats feel different in different environments? Do we want to pause and answer that, or do we want to go on to gaming topic number two? Uh, let's answer it, and then we'll all move on. Answering it. Uh, no, I've never done anything like he says but that's a really cool idea yeah i think well i think most i mean at least for for systems that need maps you know generally if you have like a tavern or something i've almost never seen a gm that didn't have at least some tables drawn out or some chairs right you draw the tables but they're not yeah. necessarily movable it reminds me of like um like old school i don't want to say old school that might not be right but old older 
miniature games yeah. where you use miniatures and y- you see people who have built up these awesome terrains with like actual trees and buildings and shit that are all three-dimensional and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that's... Reminds me of that. One that's, of the smellier rooms at the con. That's right. That's yes. uh, Suspender ah. Row, right? Yeah. Yeah. Suspender yeah. Row. Yeah. No, I think... You know, the argument phase. Yeah, I think having them on... Little 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 Good. Sorry. This is basically the Nintendo Wii of gaming. You realize that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, seriously, all of the, like, movable terrain and all the, like, the Dwarven Forge bullshit, all of that is basically just motion controls. It's completely superficial, but it seems cool. However, if you're playing something <laughs> like GURPS, I damn well want to know where the tables are. I want to know how true. thick they are. I want to know where the walls are, because if I get shot at, I, I'm, I'm fucking... I know cover... Helps a lot. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Uh, I need to be taking cover. I need to use that shit to my advantage. Mm-hmm. And it's, if you move right, a me, table, let me, from, let me ask you a it's gonna be a right really now. important thing. That's true. Hold on a second. You're the GM, okay? Here's right. a, here's my question. There a table where you guys are working right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Imagine you tip it over because a gunfight breaks out, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Now I take a shot. I shoot directly at you, except for the table is right between you. Will that table stop a bullet? What type of caliber are you using? That table might. Oh, it depends on the table. The table in there, but you can't tip that table over. No, if, if you're using a forty-five, no, probably not. If you're using twenty-two, definitely. If you're using there a you thirty, go. maybe. See, congratulations, you've already got your answer because you're a DM with a brain and you can make a bullshit on the fly. However, <laughs> I still, as a player, want that av- uh, want that <clears throat> option available to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think what this is saying is it's really cool when you can draw out, like we all do on a little hex map or whatever, here's where the fucking table is, you draw it with your Sharpie, right. but then when you move it, you like scratch it out and you draw it over here. If you actually have like a cutout of the table, you can yeah. just go, oh, it's over here now. We've only ever done that with rhinos. It's crazy. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard all about okay. the rhinos, but, but I think that that might make it easier on some players to understand a little bit better what's going on, and it's also going to make your map look better. Yeah, if you're crappy at drawing, that's a good alternative. Hold on, because my my point is that there's a trap you can fall into here. Okay, so now you have the tables, you have the chairs that are movable, right? Now imagine that there's a spittoon in the corner, and you don't have a spittoon thingy, so you just draw it on the map. Is that spittoon movable? I wouldn't draw a spittoon on the map because it it's small and negligible. Well, he was saying too okay. that he drew it no, no, on little no, pieces no. of paper. Okay, well then it's not that it's not that it's not no. small and negligible. What it's I, something bigger. It's a jukebox. No, no. What I'm what I'm saying is, as soon as you start creating these these distinct miniatures for items that you can interact with in specific ways in your environment, you run the risk of training your players to see a difference between the things that are interactable and the things that are not. In a role-playing game, everything in the environment should always be interactable because you can just have these ideas. Like, I can knock down a bookcase and take cover behind it. There's no reason why not. If you, Unless you're willing to take that to the extreme of everything on the map is movable, I, I almost would say if you want to run a game where the environment is really, really that involved in in the combat... Either number one, everything is drawn on the battle mat, and you just train the players to understand that you're going to scratch things out and move them, in which case they will recognize that everything on that mat that you draw is movable, or alternatively, absolutely everything needs to be a paper mini. Can't you just tell them uh, that I don't have a thing for this? Yeah, you're... That's psychology. 
See, I feel okay, sometimes but, that angry just has really dumb can, players. Do, yeah, yeah do that's, you play that's with imbeciles? You must play with imbeciles because not everybody needs to be psychoanalyzed and not everybody are a bunch of kids. Most okay. players that we play with are... Let me finish. Most right. players that we play with are adults and you can say, hey, look, I got this fucking rad table miniature. Somebody's a table miniature and we're going to be able to move it around. But because you're adults, you should understand that that bookcase that I just drew there, that's also movable. And because you're adults and can understand that that toilet over there that I just drew on the map, that's also movable. Just because I drew it and I don't have a miniature for it doesn't mean that toilet, it's not movable. Toilets are bolted down. But unless it's okay. not. My toilets aren't. <laughs> What? Uh, in this in this instance, that toilet is not moving. Yeah, we open. have a bigger issue here. Is like you don't understand how to install a toilet. Is your problem? Is not. Bolts. It's not how you're running games. Two bolts. In that in that instance, okay. the, in that no, no, instance, no, no. Okay. the bathroom wasn't finished, so the toilet wasn't bolted down. So, All right. I, I, think, I think Let me the respond worst... to that. Oh. No. Okay. Yeah. Now you're running. You're running a session at a campaign or at a, a convention, whatever the word I'm trying to think of is. Right. You're running a session at a campaign. You got five strangers at the table. Are they adults or are they dumbasses? Oh, you can't tell. I mean, we're talking you, about You home. totally can't tell, but I'm going to treat them because as I'm dumbasses. a normal human being. I'm going to treat them <laughs> as if they're not idiots. And if, they, see, if, if, they, we... if they prove to me that they're idiots, then All I can right. treat that at that level. You ever see the nine dots puzzle? No. This, this is actually a very interesting thing. Okay. It's hard to describe visually, but... Basically, you draw nine dots out in like you, you know in a square. Three dots, three dots, three mm-hmm. dots, three rows of three dots. And the question is, connect those three dots, or connect those nine dots using only four lines without lifting your paper off. Uh, without lifting. Oh yeah, I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it is almost impossible to do. Well, it is impossible to do it without your lines extending outside the bounds created by the nine dots. Right. Right. And the vast majority of people cannot solve that problem because they create these constraints on themselves based purely on what they see visually. Okay? People are extremely prone to being hamstrung by constraints that you do not realize you are creating, that their brains are just imposing on themselves. Okay? Now, uh, sure, if you're running a game for a group of people that you've been running for for you know weeks and you know them or running a group of adults that's fine and you know what they're capable of but i always assume that every table i have is a group of dumbass human beings who don't know that they can go outside the nine dots i At least I, in- I don't know you very well and this is the mm-hmm. first time i've actually spoke to you but yeah i, I feel sorry for you for having that outlook oh that's uh, that's <laughs> that makes me sad I'll say this. Well, I'll he's say from this. the East Coast, though. He knows different people than you do. I mean, you've, you've clearly chosen that you're okay with running games that will suck if you get the wrong combination of people. No, no, no. Hold yeah, on. Hold on. Want to run a great game every time? Hold on. <laughs> Let, let's no. let's do a little experiment here, shall we? Okay. Sure. I have never run a game for anyone in this room, Stu. If I drew a room and you were playing in one of my games, and I had a miniature table, and I drew a jukebox over in the corner, would you assume that only the table is movable? Uh, no, I would not. Okay. Kimmy, I've never run for you. If you were playing in a game of mine and I, I drew a room and you were in this room and there was a bedroom true. miniature mm-hmm. and the chest of drawers I had to draw on the map, would you assume that only the bed is movable? Uh, no. no. Okay. Stork. <laughs> Same situation, but this time it's I a think living the horse room is dead. and there's an entertainment center that I have a miniature for and a sofa that I had to draw on the map. <laughs> Are they both movable? Uh, I can't lift a sofa. 
But you can slide a sofa. You're strong. You can slide that sofa. No, no. I'm going to assume that the sofa is immovable because it's way too heavy for me to move. I'm going to flip over the entertainment center. But that has nothing to do with the lack of. No, you drew an immovable object. No, for Christ's sake. Because it's too heavy to move. That's why. That's that's why. That's why they don't make miniatures for them. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Good. That was it. That was that was. No, you that was my, the that was my experiment. Are you, are you done with your little sarcasm? Now? Yes, I, I am. I am completely done with my sarcastic experiment. You feel better now? Uh, yes, I feel tons better. Good. Okay, then we can move on because you're still wrong. Okay. Are you reading? Yes, and, and I'm reading now. Now we'll move on to gaming well, topic okay. number two. I, I'm going to admit. Right. Okay, that is a very minor concern. Fine, I totally admit that. It is a very small thing to think about. I am writing down the state but, time. <laughs> but it doesn't make it any less correct. It's like, yeah, there's only a small fraction of the people in the world who are colorblind. But if I can design my game in a way that also allows those colorblind people to engage with them, it's better than not. I'd rather think about it that way. I would rather train my players to think that everything in the world is an interactive object, then spend my time drawing out tiny little paper miniatures <laughs> for every goddamn piece of furniture that is ever going to appear in my adventures because that seems like such a pathetic waste of time to emphasize a point that could actually for a certain group of players work at cross purposes to what I'm trying I'm gonna, to accomplish. I'm going to logic here, here because I think really what you're trying to argue and we've had this on discussion on the IBJX before which is at that point it descends into a miniatures game and you've got a stack of miniatures you're moving around and everybody's and it stops being less about I want to sh- being cool and wait, shooting behind wait, uh, wait, the wait, column wait, and more about I move I'm, two I'm, steps here and duck behind the cover. Are you saying that psychologically the presence of miniatures on the battle mat changes the way people engage with the game as opposed to not having miniatures we have mentioned that many times yes huh that sounds almost like a point that some brilliant incredibly (laughs) brilliant person with sexy legs was trying to make just a moment ago i'm sorry jib jib isn't on here but i I, you were trying to but you you didn't you didn't actually say that you were trying i i will concede i will concede you know what your failure to understand <laughs> complex oh, ideas. How many greyhounds have you had now? It, greyhounds. Oh no, that's that's grapefruit juice. I'm sorry, you're eating you're cranberry juice. Yeah. Uh, what? Wait, is there a name for that other than cranberry juice and vodka or uh, vodka I, delivery method? Angry. There's a name for everything, like depth, but it can actually be described <laughs> many different ways. And, and I, I want to say. You mean complexity? I I will concede that. Oh, don't you even start. <laughs> I will concede that you're a girl. You're not allowed to have opinions about what's right and wrong. Anyway. Oh, oh, there it is. is. There it is. <laughs> we knew it was going to come. Like, really just like, uh, I want to try to be your opinion, man. <laughs> Gaming topic number two. <laughs> Fear the Boot often talks about BattleTech, yes. which I think is a great game. Have any of you jackers played it? No. It's quite interesting as a board game, a minis game, and an RPG. All in one. I would love to hear you and Dan talk about it. Dan's not, not here. We did a little bit when last time he was on. Yeah. He won't come on anymore. Aww. Gaming topic number three. The key refuses. I don't know. Have you ever played Battletech? Angry? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I agree. It is interesting as a board game and a minis game. Also, it claims to be an RPG. 
uh, which is kind of a lie. But anyway, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Is Battletech the one that came out in the 80s? That one? You make your own own little Jaeger, and you've got the... Because I think I played it a couple of times, and it's really a mini-game. Listen, no, okay, here's the the problem. It's it's the same game, right? Battletech was this was Kim, Ken Symbiata who was um oh Rift. Palladium Palladium and Rift Palladium and, that's it I was trying to remember the company yeah. and then I'm looking at yeah. my, my library here it's Palladium yeah so you know that game was hamstrung by the fact that nobody including Palladium themselves knew how to actually play it well, fair enough but but how, when did yeah. it come out uh, Rift's originally no 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 Am well I? no Battletech. Oh, Battletech, I'm sorry. Uh, Battletech like has been out many... 1984, yeah. 85? Yeah. Alright, th- yeah. I think we played it. And you you got different robots of different sizes, yeah. different glasses. It's a minis game. And the oh, the yeah. role-playing kind of comes into the fact that you get to sort of kind of pick your robot and get to kind of customize well, there's, it. You know, okay, there's, okay, there's, there's a standalone Battletech minis game. Oh, and there's oh, all okay. an RPG. There's all right, a role-playing game in the same sense that Titanfall is a role-playing well, game. No, no, no. I, sa- I did say kind of, sort of. Did you, did you not hear those two qualifiers in front of kind of, sort of? Let me reiterate. No, no, kind of, sort of. I had a good joke there that oh, I wanted to do. Oh, all right. That's all. I was just using it as a segue to a joke. Oh, okay. So, gaming topic number three. <laughs> if I get to wish for a Happy Jacks AP, I'd love to see a GURPS transhuman space game run by Stu. Thanks for a great show, David. Transhuman space game. Okay. I, I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, is there a transhuman thing for fourth for GURPS? Last one I saw was third. That's what that's what I'm remembering too. Oh, are you guys still on third edition GURPS? I, I no, I I no. play fourth. Stu, Stu, but Stu's a GURPS guru. Oh, okay, he just, he just takes things and adapts it all. Fourth is the two rule books. Third was one big one. Yeah, yeah, one like soft. And what book. and what Stu hasn't covered, the MOOC has covered. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's all been translated. But the, I never owned Transhuman. Yeah, but isn't the point of GURPS that you can do whatever you want in it anyway? You don't need yeah, a source book? pretty much. Come on, well, just no. Don't be lazy. Not really. Run, run transhuman GURPS. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't. Look, here's, here's, here's the way to run transhuman. Your mental stats don't change and your physical stats do. Yeah. Done. That's uh, transhumanity <laughs> explained. Yeah. I could do that. <laughs> way to school him in GURPS there, angry. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Or either that or Stu is so tired right now, he's like agreeing with you. I would just I would just rather run something I'm interested in running. Oh <laughs> sorry. I, I get I mean I just finished a D and D game I didn't even want to start. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Transhumanity can <coughs> fuck off anyway because transhumanity is basically sci-fi for the Tumblerette generation. Yes. <laughs> okay. Tumblerette? I just yeah, read. the Tumblerettes, you know, the Tumblerinas. The people who hang out on Tumblr and argue about how their identities, you know, their, all their identity labels. And it's like, oh, we have transcended humanity because we have, you know, we have all these identity labels that we can attach. And nobody should be attached to a gender la- or a, any sort of identity label. Therefore, we will invent labels that we will be attached to and enforce them. I was just I was just marveling over the fact that there's tumblers and the tumblerettes. It's like Smurfs and Smurfette. Yeah. No, 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 no. Tumblerettes are all the tumblers because everybody on Tumblr is a woman, even the men are women. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Well, because everybody on Tumblr is trans. Okay? <laughs> Tra- transhuman, don't you mean? Well, no, you can. You cannot be a man on Tumblr because Tumblr does not want men there. So I if you Tumblr are a man account. on Tumblr, I was you just going to say, Stu, where was too. that post you did today? That was. Uh, I have a Tumblr account. What was that? That was on. Uh, oh yeah, that was on Tumblr. <laughs> You're ruining his joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not a joke. joke. This is serious. Have you spent any time on Tumblr? <laughs> no. I just write stuff and then publish it. And no one reads it. It's because you're a man. I don't have know why I'm re-blogged? on Tumblr. <laughs> huh? Have you ever gotten reblogged? I don't think so. Yeah, see, that's because you're a cisgendered, heterosexual white male. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> They're Tumblr hates you, man. The you man's the keeping me down. The, <laughs> <laughs> the problem is you are the man. <laughs> Quite literally. And I mean that, not figuratively. Quite literally, you are a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you read the last one. Yeah, Angry, okay, you've dodged fine. this bullet. This all, is a GM night. confession from from. Well, no, I was waiting he... until the end so is I could this... school you on how to yeah. actually read out loud in an engaging way. <laughs> is, all right, is this, now is your hammer. We'll see if that's true. Oh, I will have a read off with you, Angry. Yeah, I will too. Okay, I, I rocked kindergarten teaching. I can totally read out loud in an engaging way. <laughs> uh, only at a first grade level. You have not no, read out loud at all on I'll, this episode. I did. Up. You weren't paying attention. I'll line up oh, for no, that I too. Was, I think I was in the bathroom or playing Bloodborne again. Probably. Yeah. I'll I'll line up for that too. Yeah, you okay. were playing Blood War in the bathroom? What? Well, Moving yeah. on. <laughs> I Please. play my video games while I'm pooping. It's the best place. <laughs> Is Jib allowed to write in? I feel like Jib should be banned from writing yeah. in if he's on the podcast. Like, Is that oh, our, he, that's wait, our Jib? Yeah. Wait, is Jib a Jib? Is, is Jib Jib? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, Jib, just Jib. That's oh, our Jib. okay. I feel like he should just, like, save this what? and, like, tell it. And, like, tell it, and next time he's in, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, what, no, what the it's hell okay. is that? Like, I still this think... is clearly an episode discussion that has just been wasted in an email. No, it's all right. I think, I think it's Fine. good for Angry to read it. He's going to love the fact that you're reading <laughs> yeah. it, too. Oh, this <laughs> is right. a... You know, we've been doing GM confessions. Hold on, let me read ahead. What, yes. what sort of voice does this deserve? Is this a whiny voice? No, just do it. <laughs> uh, it's a Fine. confession. Be nice. All right. It's a confessione. <laughs> GM confession from Jib. Who is probably sincerely sorry. So yeah, I was that guy. I concede that I was that young. Oh, uh, okay, I've already fucked it up. Kim wins. <laughs> so yeah, I was that guy. I concede that I was young, but it still haunts me to this day. Back in the day when we were playing AD&D First Edition, because that's what we had... I was running a game for my best friend and a couple of others. First off, I didn't actually know the rules for shit. It didn't seem to matter. We were telling my story, right? They would follow along and do what they were supposed to do, and I would tell this awesome story. When it was all done, I'd write it all down and sell my novel. It'd be spectacular. (coughs) I grabbed every trope from every fantasy novel I could get my hands on. I read them voraciously and tried to weave them all into my story. It would be huge. It would be epic. It would be the stuff of legend. To make sure it worked perfectly, I had my own super special NPC to guide them along the path where they were supposed to go. A ranger who was better with a bow or a blade than anyone they'd ever seen and would be the catalyst for the whole thing. They'd be just fine in their supporting roles as the player characters. That's where they belonged, right? They were supporting my story after all. Whenever they got into trouble, there was my ranger to save the day and make everything come out the way it was supposed to come out. 
They would be overrun by orcs and all about to die. And there's the ranger, downing the orcs with single arrows and blade strikes so fast they couldn't even see them happening. Only the heaps of dead orcs left in the wake of their half-elven buzzsaw of death. Whenever they were at a loss for which way to go, the ranger would appear to set them on the path to righteousness of, to the righteousness of my story. Silly players. They should have picked up on my obscure and meaningful clues. Clearly, right there, though, like there's, a, there's kind of a problem. My obscure and meaningful clues, I think it, if this sarcasm is intended, it should be obscure and meaningless clues. But whatever. Clearly, they're not smart enough and have to be led by the hand along the amazing plot of my story. Eventually, the game petered out, as they usually do. And that novel never got written, which I'm fairly sure is ultimately a good thing. So yeah, when I was 17, I was that guy. I'd like to think I've learned a thing or two and have become a better GM, but maybe not. So yeah, I'm GM. Uh, I'm Jib. I don't know. How and that's my GMing when I fucked it all up story. Uh, I think the quotation marks were needed there for the read. So, so yeah, I'm Jib. And that's my GMing when I fucked it all up story. Hi, Jib. Hi, Jib. Hi, Jib. All right. I'm blaming my bad read on his punctuation. Okay. All right. I agree with you. <laughs> I, didn't think I nailed that. It's not that, it's not that easy after all that vodka, is it? I, and I've been... I, I've been re- I still did better than any of the rest of you. So. <laughs> oh. And I've been, I've been reading a lot of Jib's prose for over the past... Yeah, okay, years. so clearly <laughs> Jim has not learned a thing or two about writing uh, less excessive prose. No, no, it's actually... If it's, this it's, was going to be the quality of their not. I'm sorry? It's about one page. He's learned a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. He used to write nine-page yeah, oh, letters. Wow, okay. Def- desperately need to... Okay, so, so here's my... First of all, what I'm noticing from this email, since I have a critical eye for emails... Uh, there's not a question here. No. This just seems to be like a story of, I was 17 and I kind of run a crappy game and now I learned well, better. And it's, well, you, thanks. If you okay. listen to our show, yeah. uh, we actually sort of have this sort of uh, uh, bad GMing moments. Horror or bad, stories. Yeah, horror stories. I really can't be bothered, i got to be honest. No, I know. Well, well, I, I mean, gathered that. Well, yeah, you have you have a lot of pros you have to puke out every week. Yeah, yeah. you're writing <laughs> content really five days a week. Long. It's crazy. I'm surprised you're actually <laughs> on this long, this Late at night, you, you should I'm be also stuff you should be doing. Articles as we speak. Yes, so you know. Are you? Are, and you're and you're playing Fallout Four, right? Oh fuck, Fallout! Oh. Fallout is the worst game ever. Fall, Fallout is the most disappointing thing since the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> <laughs> but you've, re- you've rendered Kimmy speechless. <laughs> It's fine. I like I like uh, if I Fallout rage Shelter. Right now, I yeah, would, okay. Fallout, Fallout Four. Let she us quit. talk she about quit. Fallout Four because it wasn't bad enough that the scenario designers took a day off and said, "Well, the players will create their own experience." But it's also, hey, let's add the Sims house building mechanic to it so that the players can also create their own environments. If we keep this up long enough, we won't actually have to design a game. You're just mad because they blew up Boston. What? Which I that, thought was a good idea. I don't idea. know, I never played Fallout 4. <laughs> complaining off my... You get, off to the decorate, <laughs> oh, you get to decorate your house. It's not like it's... 
Right, that's like exactly you're building a town but or you, something. You did hear him just say that he's actually never played Fallout. I know, I heard yeah. that part. <laughs> I'm shocked. I Fallout shocked 3. That I he's ranting. Fallout 4 is Fallout 3. With, dog. Game, with the Sims mechanics, and also you lost your robot baby, but it's not really that urgent that you go get it back. So hey, spoilers! Whoa, whoa, breath. I'm still in the middle of playing it. Whoa, spoilers. Hold on a second. <laughs> you lost your robot baby is the opening yeah, of the it's game. Yeah, like the very beginning. <sighs> So you haven't even started playing it, really? No, I'm yeah, I'm like at level fifty. Yeah, have you managed to get the disc out of the box? Because that shrink wrap is hard. <laughs> I, I did manage to open the shuttle no, bay door and I, continue I, I, on I, with the adventure. I couldn't though. get the I couldn't get the shrink wrap off, so I rage quit. Yeah. And I'm done. <laughs> shrink wrap is hard. Shrink shrink wrap OP. Please nerf. <laughs> I had to go on the internet to find out how to get the shrink wrap. <laughs> open up the shrink wrap. Nerf plus. I, I get the Nerf shrink plus. wrap off. It's pulling the CD out of the out of the you put, and it breaks the CD. I hate that. Oh, you know, I, I mentioned well, it earlier. Well, it's a Bethesda game. You can't expect it to actually work when you put it in. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it works, but then there's like a a, 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 a twelve true. gigabyte download. You got to make to fix it. Yeah. I'm not not, not I'm not going to disagree with that. That's actually very true. Except <laughs> follow. Shelter worked great. Shelter, yes. On my phone? I <laughs> yeah, you know, your Fallout mobile Shelter. game? Yeah, I should I fucking that. hope so. <laughs> yeah, why Why not? It's just based... What was the What was the game? Oh, it was Tiny Tower. So it was basically Tiny Tower Underground with Red Rats. Yes. So they didn't even write their own mechanics. Nerd! Right. Kind of I, don't I don't think they wrote the game at all. I think they subbed it out. No, Nerd. yeah, no person. <laughs> You know, I, I I mentioned it earlier, but I, I finished my D and D campaign, and I don't have to run D and D again until sixth edition. Now I, I was Yay. surprised to say that you Aww. didn't even want to run it. How no, come I you didn't. Started to run a game then because I I do a podcast, and it, it's the eight hundred pound gorilla, and so I ran a, a version of the new D and D, and I'll say it's better than the previous version. Yes, by a lot. And bound. But have you been have you been running it regularly since it came out? Yeah, I ran twenty four sessions. sessions. I just finished. You know, I think as a as a as a as a podcast host who needs to look into all the games that come out, you could have probably only done like one or two sessions. His players, if you didn't want to. No, I I wanted to run a campaign, and I Uh, did. But the thing is, I mean, what what do we get? What did you guys get up to? Like seventh, eighth level? Yes, I think sixth or seventh. Combats were already starting to get so few. Twenty four sessions to get up to sixth level. Yeah. yeah. What Stu- the hell were you well, doing? Stu they- is really stingy with XP. When you play no. in a Stu game, you... No. And we're a very talky not- group. Like, we, we... There were some sessions where we had no combat, because we got oh, really we'd involved we'd have, in like, the four or five sessions in a row where there yeah. would be no combat. Yeah. So... Oh, do you only give give XP for combat? I'm sorry. I thought you were good at GM. No. I, I, I oh, fucking hate D&D. Damn. I I can't stand D&D. And I, and I don't like... I don't like... Well, sure, you just don't, like, because you're, you're running it by the book, and the book sucks. Well, maybe. But I don't like, I don't like power creep. Yes. And I don't like D&D, and they've fucking flattened out well, the power you, creep well, curve in this second. game. You don't have to worry about power creep with D&D, because power creep only comes when you actually release goddamn product. Who's <laughs> <laughs> giving up on that marketing plan? No, that's not, that's not true. Mind, that's not though, true. is the yeah, thing. Like, we never got to a place where we were feeling... Like, it was a super well-balanced game the whole time. We never felt outmatched. We never felt, like, well, overwhelmed of, either. Part of that is the fact that, I, that, that I'm a shit tactician. Well, yeah, That's part I think of it. we talked about that last time I was yeah. on. Yeah, I'm a terrible tactician. happy rolling sometimes. Sometimes. But well, I, okay. But die rolling shouldn't, shouldn't like... Like, 
your tactics need to make up for your die rolling. Right. Well, I I I, I am the worst tactician on the planet. But okay. Stu's a tactician <laughs> like Stork is a die roller. Right. But I I think. The thing I love that, these inside jokes that refer to your actual plays that I don't listen to because right, I have no clue right. what's going well, Stork, on. Well, Stork rolls for shit. He yeah, always he rolls. Yeah, he is. For oh, shit. there's a song no, about I, that. No, I too. actually gathered that from context. Okay, you know, right. I, I I can figure shit out. Okay, good job. I don't know, but anyway, the the oh. uh, the <laughs> the thing that that really made me glad the game was ending was the fact that every combat we had would take an hour and a half. Yeah. Near the well, end. Maybe the we end. should run combats better. Well, have you ever heard of a thing called pacing? It's a thing that that GMs use. No, no. I I, I sit there and I have a big bag of hit points, and the party sits and whacks at the hit points until the hit points are gone, and then they he does a move better on job than that. Thing. <laughs> no, that's by the end. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I, I would say interesting. Like we were never. It wasn't for you. It might have been boring. Okay. Here we have a classic situation where your players seem to be having a good time, and you're sitting here miserable about how badly you ran the game. No, I'm not, I'm not, it seems like I, we covered this. I'm not miser. I'm not miserable <laughs> about that. I'm running the game badly. I'm. I don't like that this like massive hit point attrition shit. I don't like yeah. combats that last an hour and a yeah. half or yeah. an hour. Yeah. And when we started the game and and you can tell by looking at the numbers that 5th edition D&D they've really sort of started to flatten that power curve out. Right. Well, it's still not they, flat enough for me. They well they have and they haven't. Okay. So D&D 5th edition they, they and they were actually very explicit about this in their design goals. They stated <laughs> one of the things was that they wanted to flatten out the DC numbers a bit so that the difference between success and failure and the difference between someone who was an expert at something and someone who was not good at something was minimized. And they certainly and so they, did. Yeah. Right, and they certainly did, but at the same time, they said, well, we need some way to express the difference between a first-level character and a 20th-level character, so we're going to do those damage, exp- or we're going to do those expressions in the difference of power in terms of hit points and damage numbers. And for whatever reason, they decided that a sane choice would be to have the damage numbers greatly outpaced by the hit point numbers. I don't know why they did this. I assume it involves an octopus that lives in Mike Merle's head. But, you know, that's the decision they made. I I actually don't mind that decision. That's one of the only, probably the only reason I ended up finishing the campaign. Right, right. Because having having damage outpace HP is going to help with the fact that you have these growing HP numbers. Now, admittedly, the the HP numbers aren't growing like they did in 4th edition, where you had Mm -hmm. boss fights with 1,400 hit points, which is stupid. Mm -hmm. They're like, what, maybe 200, 300, I think, is probably about as high as it gets. uh, It doesn't get much higher than that. I can't read my books because I'm tired. But but I, I, I remember specifically, like, Orcus in 4th edition had, like, 1,500 like 1500, hit points. Yeah. yeah, it was insane. And no, no, I I agree with you 100. I'm gonna I have to go on record before this goes any further because you have listeners. Um, listen, I love D and write a lot about D and D and Pathfinder, and I have to say that D and D and Pathfinder are the worst games I have ever loved. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and admit them. Admit that that I love those games. And they are, like, if you look at them objectively, they are really getting really badly designed. 
Yes. And someone really needs to write a better tactical meaty role-playing game to fill that design space. Mm -hmm. I think you guys have completely missed the point in that there's an (laughs) octopus living in Mike Merle's (laughs) head. I am fairly... (laughs) You have to admit that that is, like, by Occam's razor, the simplest explanation (laughs) that happened post-third edition is that there's literally an octopus that lives in Mike Merle's head and tells him to do things. They've, they've like, done genetic studies recently, you know, they're doing the whole genome thing, and they've pretty much figured that octopuses are aliens. They, they actually, no. octopi, octopodi, octopodi, they, are, they share very little DNA to, with the rest of us, I guess. But they still have but DNA. You know, they do. What's fascinating, though, is that in the animal kingdom, octopi are one of the most emotional and intelligent creatures that you can have. Yeah. They would actually, if not for the whole... Uh, number one, they're covered in suckers and repulsive, and number two, they have to live underwater. If not for those two factors, they would make better pets than dogs. Yes. I, I believe that. I know that's really no, smart. If that's a total thing. escape artist. They are extremely fun, and in addition to being camouflaged, they can also change color re- in relation to their moods. Really? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a yeah. thing. That's I legit. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. See, once again, this is that whole GMing thing. This is just the in the piles of search engines at one point for some reason. I had to research Octopi. <laughs> Probably had to do it in the game. All right. That would Let's be rad to have an octopus pet, though. It would be. Yeah, it really would. I, yeah, go, go out to, go out to Dog Beach with your point. octopus. Yeah, depending, depending on the octopus, yeah, but who's the pet? Because you know they're in the tank going, what can I fuck with next? That'd be, what the monkey that'd be, a, do. That'd be a hard tank to maintain. Yeah. I feel that. like there's a sci-fi novel about that. Like they go to a planet where the octopus has evolved as the main species on the planet and like the humans are... Yeah, yeah. yeah Lovecraft. Yeah, I was yeah. just yeah. going to say... It, it, <laughs> it's called <laughs> Call of Duty no. uh, A Philip K. Dick short story. And, and, and it's, set, it's set on the East Coast in Massachusetts. <laughs> and, uh, no, I'm pretty sure I would have remembered that one if that had been what I was thinking of. I think they have little like monocles and stuff. It's like did a they really? thing. What I can't the remember. What would an octopus do with a monocle? Their eyes are on the size of their head. What do they give a shit about depth perception? No, it, it, one of his eyes is farsighted. How are they going to look cute without? Hey, a everything what? looks fuzzy. He's like he's like the planter's peanut guy. He's got a little monocle and top hat. And, and, and when you <laughs> can change the shape of your body, my dog is closed. What I suddenly got confused about what monocles were. When you, oh. can, when you can change the shape of your body to whatever you want, I don't think the eyes are always on the side of their head. And to be you, honest, okay. I actually don't think they are. I think that some of them are actually. Anyway, I, I had to do the same research you did because I had the thing. Shapeshifters are not the same thing, right? No. That's well, yeah. We should call it. It's, we should totally what, call 11 it. It's own way late. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much I for joining us again. You guys every time I'm on, by the way, your your podcasts run way long. Yeah, they, they do all they the do. time. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> well, they used to routinely run three hours. It doesn't happen much anymore. No, Which, by the way, ironically, I cause you guys to run long, and your length is the primary reason that I have trouble listening to you. I listen to a lot of episodes <laughs> right? of yours, but I also have a life, and it's like, I don't have two hours to blow on these guys. I really don't. Oh, I love our, them, but... Our, our, our listenership is primarily made up with, of people that either have really mundane, boring jobs, mm-hmm. long commutes... Long commutes. Mm-hmm. Or they exercise a lot. Or have large lawns. Or all three. Or four. Four. But, but it, it's people who Wait, have... I'm sorry, mon- the large lawn thing? Oh, is that... 
Like, yeah, Which someone who asked, like, while you mow the lawn. Yeah, there's, there, there's, uh, have been several people who emailed in over the years that said that they listen to us while they're gardening or mowing the lawn. They, they live on thirty acre estates because that's yeah. what it takes to get through right. one of our episodes. Waiting yes, for those Patreon I, I guess bucks. That's, yes. also, that's also where they have time to think of these like ninety paragraph stories that they right. email you guys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Your your listeners, what your listeners need on the whole, like if you're a listener to this podcast, um, hi by the way, I'm the angry GM. Um, <laughs> you probably hate me, uh, but but listen, do you know you can get a blog for free? Like you can write all this bullshit down. Shh. In, in a place no, where no, 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 no. Stop trying to take my content away. Yeah, what? Stop helping. <laughs> I've got my readers trained now. They know if they write into Ask Angry and it's more than two paragraphs, I'm just going to send them back. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Bored now. Do you edit them and correct them and send it back as two paragraphs ago? Send, send this to me next time. That's funny. All right. I'm going to call it. That's too much effort. It's just nope. Bored now. Sorry, didn't get past paragraph three. TLDR. Don't need an example. Kind of understood your question. Not a moron. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's got, what time is it there? It's got to be like one or two in the morning for you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those. It's, Are you? Uh, I don't know. I still haven't gotten used to the time change. I've only lived here six months. You're, uh, <laughs> you're not time Eastern. Time so confuse me. I had to ask Siri like three times what time I was on tonight. <laughs> you're um, you're not eastern. You're not eastern, right? No, I'm I'm the other one, not the mountain Central. one. What the hell is it called? Central. 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 Central time. Central, Central time. Central time. In the center of the yeah. Central. But yes, it's, there's yeah. Central. Eastern, Central, okay, Mountain the Pacific. There's four time zones in the United States, right? Four yes. time zones in the continental United States. Yes. One of them can't be Central. That's how four works. How, right? That's stupid. Well, because the center is divided with mountains. So you got the, mountains ce- the center, central time zone, should be yeah, this okay. thin line. You just have to look at it geographically. Time, You've got because the east. mountain time is east of the mountain. <laughs> okay. okay, mountain time is actually not in the mountains. It's no, east it's not. Of the mountains. Yes. Oh, I got someone in the chat. Baby cakes is saying central. Yeah, no shit. I actually do know what time zone I live in. I'm kind of playing it up for humor. It's a thing I do. It's funnier when you explain it like that. Yeah, right. Well, no, it's because people like I make a joke and people assume I'm moron. Well, um, it's because um, you're so angry. Well, it's because you've had so much vodka. Yeah. I, I have had a lot to drink. <laughs> Do you know why Hitler never drank vodka? Why? It made what? him mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we have to call this. We have to call this. We All right, okay. Completely derailed. I actually genuinely laugh at that joke, but I think it's only because I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, Stork gets said a lot. Yeah. Is it angrygm.com or oh. theangrygm.com? Uh, angrygm.com. Either one will get you there, I'll bet you. Actually, I think I do own angrygm.com. Let me check. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, because that became an issue for a while. He's also said it like four times during the podcast, so if people have made it to this point... I do own angrygm.com. If you try to type in angrygm.com, it will redirect you to theangrygm.com. Okay. All right. I also own, I still own angrydm.com, which will mm-hmm. redirect you to theangrydm.com. Because it turns out when I'm sober, I'm actually pretty smart about this whole domain registration thing. 
Excellent. Yay. Yeah. Either that or somebody came in and did all this stuff for you. It's so awesome. No, I kind of did it all myself because <laughs> uh, that it? costs money to actually get yeah. people to do it. Yeah. All right. I'm in it. Yeah, I got something. What? what time it is. Huh? I'm sorry. I was just looking at the chat. Carpe Diem is actually telling me what time it is in my own time zone. <laughs> did you know that Windows includes a clock? Windows? That is right there where you can see it? My studio is all Max. See, Holy my. Uh, you're... People think I'm stupid. It's 11.14 here. How does that happen? Uh, that's because I'm on Max. Because I'm 2.14. It's 2.14 here. Is it really? That's three shit. hours. No, no, it? wait. I'm sorry. It's one. Oh, oh shit. my <laughs> now, God. Now I guess that whole stupid. It's such a good thing you're not a moron. <laughs> He's in the DC I time got zone. confused with two. <laughs> We're of Happy Jackson. Thank you for joining us for season 16, episode 8 of Happy Jack's Up Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Stork. I'm Tim. I'm the Angry Jim. And thank you very much for joining us. And uh, come on again after the the uh, firestorms on the forum end. <laughs> and that's it. We'll see you in like, what, three weeks for the con? Yeah. Damn. February 12th, yeah. 13th, 14th, and 15th at yeah. the Hilton. That's Spend it. We'll Valentine's you. Day with us. Spend Valentine's Day with us. You guys should send me a free ticket. I'll come to your con and run games or something. Not this I'll one. Maybe the next one. <laughs> the resounding silence. Plane <laughs> <laughs> tickets yeah, are expensive. <laughs> we'll leave you the song. Thank you. There are many organs in the torso Some are less important, some are more so Some they make us laugh and some they give us gas But if they preclude my drinking then they must go Oh, To those that pass, I'll raise a glass For it seems that all my doctors I'm outlasting Oh, liver, let die Liver, let die Oh, God, please deliver Cirrhosis of the liver
preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.